0: You're listening to a rock candy podcast. What's missing from this picture? It's just me without Meg Pond. There's just one.
1: Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents Pods from the Penalty Box, a nostalgic sampling of skate punk albums from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Join us in the pit. I am Andrew. I am John. This is our podcast and this is our food line. That's that's our food line. Don't forget it. No, never forget it. And if you do forget it, you are dead to us. That's
2: right. <laughs> uh, oh, man. John, we're, we doing?
1: we're doing. <laughs> do you, uh, yes. <laughs> That's how I'll answer. How about, no, this is. This is, this is how we will answer. That's how you're doing. Yeah, I got. Clinking that um, ice, am clinking that ice, bro. Um so you had a whiskey week, a, wi- a whiskey week. You, you had a whiskey, had a whiskey w- week, and, we had and had a, vodka, week. Had a vodka, a vodka week. Da, 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 da. Yeah, um, a lager drink and a cider week. Um, yeah. I cry the weeks that. I- <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: season four, Chumba confirmed.
1: Yes, uh, we yeah. Season four, we're we're we're, pot thumping. thumping. There <laughs> you gonna- go is going to be we made this joke in the past probably (laughs) probably. (laughs) asking asking if we have repeated a joke (laughs) on this podcast (laughs) the answer is always going to be yes yes um yeah it's it it's been a week for (laughs) you boy Mm -hmm. uh and so i have uh i i I finished my bottle of rye a tattersall rye Mm -hmm. in this glass um and you had the whiskey last week and now you we've swapped i had the beer last week now you have the beer what do you what are you drinking yeah. out of there john
2: well um, uh, i'm uh rocking that pipeworks as you mentioned last week yes an, an oft plugged uh brewery for me on the pod lately um i got that weird beer that yeah celery gosa celery sour
1: is it is that what you had last week or the the no. or a couple weeks ago
2: I think I've had this at some point on the pod. Celery, um, celery gosa baby, uh, gosa style with celery, celery seeds and salt. Um, um <laughs> Andrew's shaking his head,
1: <laughs> which I'm, I understand. I mean, I feel like if you poured that, like Ooh, pour, 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 a little bit of um, you know, tomato juice and vodka in there, it'd be like a beer, uh, yep. Bloody Mary, a Bloody Beery. I don't that know. That's
2: pretty good. I I'd, I'd support that. I'll support this. It's uh it's light and refreshing. I mean you got to like sour and you got to like celery and I like those things, so.
1: I I uh have been appreciating tart tarts and sours and right. things more in the summer. Yeah. Something that feels a little more a little lighter on the palate, something that's not just an IPA, not something I that that getting you know obviously we stand we stand some hams on this pod we're we're mm. we're a hams pod through and through mm. Mm. Um, but I like I like getting something that's a little refreshing I so I recently I at a I went to Lake Monster mm-hmm. um Lake Monster is a brewery in the Twin Cities they're in Saint Paul and. I went there with uh, Mickey recently and they had a, so it's called Splendid Things Pink Lemonade Ale. So it's not, it's not pink lemonade. It's, it's, uh, it just tastes like pink lemonade. It's, It. I think it's sort of a, um, I don't, I, I can't remember the kind it was, uh, but it was sort of, maybe sour adjacent or in like the sour lambic area Mm
2: -hmm. and kind of like uh uh shit i'm i'm ruining this bit by not remembering what the pectin is it kind of like a pectin beer (laughs) people people give me a lot of crap online about not knowing Knowing what pectin is sorry everybody (laughs) i'm not a i'm not a jelly maker okay (laughs) uh sorry anyway get back to it
1: (laughs) You know, uh, John. Every every everybody says that they're not ready for your jelly. So (laughs) that's true. That's why I don't know about pectin. (laughs) Nobody's ready for it. Yeah, I was no. I I I usually go for an IPA guy. I'm an IPA guy. So because I'm you know I'm in my late 30s and I'm a white man. So of course, uh, that's kind of my go-to. But the I, I was looking at the menu after I had my first beer, and I'm like, that sounds. Super refreshing, and it was mm. like it was pink. It did it was lemonade adjacent, but it wasn't. It it wasn't like didn't taste. Ex- it, it, so anyway, I, I'm I'm yeah. just trying to expand my my palate a little yeah. bit more, get a little bit more adventurous. I'm not I'm not in the weird beer category like like John is. Sure,
2: I think, uh, I think that counts the pink lemonade one. It's, it's close at least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I support, I, think... I, support a, I support a fruit beer. It's when we get into sort of. um you know the lactose territory that i get a little nervous well, but well you know your boy doesn't fruit beer.
1: your boy doesn't drink those milkshake beers anyway go. so that's right because steering clear of that lactose anyway yes good call um so what's been what's been going on in the johnny potts johnny potts world
2: uh Johnny potts world you know general anxiety about uh the delta variant mm. uh children returning to school with a recommendation for masks not a requirement um yes numbers on the rise uh you know that kind of stuff just yeah. general anxiety
1: <laughs> dude i just i just don't understand i really don't understand and it's it's interesting too seeing Republicans switching their and changing their tune because you're seeing, you know, while some you know even you know, some blue states are seeing rises, obviously you're seeing a lot most of the cases in a lot of red states right. spiking in those states. And I'm I also saw a headline about how some people are like feeling like they need to get vaccinated in pri- in like secret right, because right. they don't want people to know and i'm just like you guys yeah. we've <laughs> how many like how many decades of science are we going to turn our backs on because of a handful of quacks and just bad science and bad research of people who just don't understand Yep. how vaccines work Gosh, Yep. <laughs> we just can't yeah. go back to this you know and it, what sucks john is i have tickets to go see between the buried and me in a couple oh, yeah. weeks and yeah. i'm like i don't know how i feel about it you know right right like yep I, I it's not like i'm going to a bunch of crowded venues these days anyway like you know i'll You know, I go to a coffee shop, but like I'm always social distancing with people whenever I'm indoors anyway. But like going to my first crowded, sweaty indoor show where the air is going to be thick with, you know, with all these people's bodies, it's a metal show, you know? And I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, I feel super conflicted about this.
2: Yeah. It's weird. I mean, there's, yeah, this is part of what's led to the anxiety, right? Is like, we were talking about this a little bit off mic that like the ebbs and flows is what makes it harder is because like, we were all getting so pumped, getting to a point where we did feel okay gathering again. And, um, but then you get <laughs> that. It makes it worse Then when you have to go back and like now, yeah, if I feel freaked out going into some big store, without a mask on. I'm certainly not going to feel comfortable in a smaller club with a bunch of people sweating around me. So, I don't know. They they're doing Lollapalooza here this weekend that is moving forward. Oh my god. Wow. The the Olympics uh, are
1: also things <laughs> are
2: happening, but it's like in Chicago we're back to uh recommending masks indoors, so it seems a little odd to move forward with lala but I'm also on the fence. I've been wanting to get Pitchfork tickets which is in September, but I'm like, keep waiting. Cause I'm like, is it even going to happen? So, and I would feel a little bit better about being outside, you know, but it's still a ton of people and it's just a yeah. weird time, man, a weird
1: middle ground. And they're also talking about how even people who are vaccinated could potentially spread the variant. Right. Um, so that doesn't make me feel good uh, about anything. No. And uh yeah but you know at least people are you know they're they're saying what is what is the age now that like people children as young as 12 is that is that what it is now
2: 12 and over um they're talking about maybe younger than that by winter but uh we'll see yeah (laughs) you know after we'll have been in classrooms where kids are strongly recommended to wear masks which means you know We'll see how many of them actually do so
1: yeah good times good times everything is fine nothing <laughs> is on fire or broken forever
2: yeah that's the other part of it is climate change things literally are on fire and that's another point of great anxiety for me on an ongoing basis
1: oh well hey you no know what's <sighs> cool is uh i don't know about you but we have uh the last couple of days here in the twin cities nice thick haze over everything
2: ask if that was the case because i've heard some people
1: saying they're wearing their masks just to deal with that no i'm not even going i i it got really bad and hazy today yeah yeah out of nowhere man right like i mean it was a little bit but like today like it's just an entire haze over all of the twin cities and they're and they're saying like the in all the state of minnesota is a as an air safe like a I don't know what they, what they call it, but like a, a warning about the air quality of the entire mm. state of Minnesota right now. Cool. So it, it looks, yeah. Just stepping outside for a bit and, and seeing this haze and sort of smelling the faintness of smoke. It's just like, yeah, everything's
2: super cool. And that's our new normal probably from now on. So.
1: Yep. Um, not even, not even the Midwest is safe from, from fires it would seem i mean obviously this is coming from canada but even still if it's drifting into our states the smoke and right you know how long before this kind of shit starts happening not just in places like california the drier things get right yeah yeah uh what an uplifting start to the podcast
2: (laughs) um but uh, this this community is making me happy uh Goaty hooks making me happy i don't that's know that's true there's that is
1: is is but let's be john is this did this album make you, you know,
2: happy i i'm going to i'm going to put a little clickbait out here and just say you'll have to stick around to find out do i have some complex feelings about <laughs> it yes i do what are they stick around
1: i i i fully anticipate this being a a classic Andrew John controversy <laughs> I episode. Don't,
2: I don't know that it'll be on the level of some of our previous ones. Okay. But, well, know, I not- feel
1: like, I feel like in some of our off the pod conversations, there was a, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll just, we'll give people, we'll, we'll give a little tease, <laughs> I guess, you know, sure. I just, I just was like, I just was under the impression. Cause okay. I just want to say for the record that John and I typically don't share any takes prior to recording i don't know if we've ever really said that before but like john and i don't like get on text or on marco polo or or whatever and we don't like we're not like oh man what do you think about this like we we kind of come into these episodes not sharing our takes uh so i mean i feel like that's kind of clear uh um, uh implicitly maybe from our responses to like when we share our top threes and stuff right but but like i just feel like maybe it's worth noting that like no we're not like talking about these beforehand so yeah uh, you know everybody every, i feel like everybody knows i'm an anti-spoily boy i don't like the spoilers yeah, that's right and that, and that f- comes and that comes to the, that comes to the pod too it's more fun to come
2: in having no idea what's gonna go down <laughs> um but yeah i would just you know i there are some there are some lows and there are some highs on this album for me. Uh yeah. we'll we'll say more in the second half. But uh yeah. it's it it was it's been an interesting album to to let soak in for me.
1: Um John is a big fan of soaking. Um <laughs> so we you know we covered uh songs we didn't write last week. And I me mean, speaking of opinions, I feel like So many people had different opinions. We, you know, because you had posted the question of the week Mm -hmm. about what makes a good cover, and uh, I mean, it's 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 all. I feel like other people wrestle with it in a similar way than that that we do. That you know, I feel like we should talk talk a little about uh, a little bit about some of those. Um, responses. But first, John, I feel like um we need to get to a voicemail that I think um that addresses specifically this the uh, this what we were talking about, which is what makes a good cover song. We got a we got a voicemail uh from Mickey.
3: Hey friends, it's Mickey. First and foremost, I would like to say thank you to John. For appreciating and supporting me leaving voicemails, unlike some podcast hosts that I know. Wow. Um, so this message is wow. for John. Uh, I'm actually just kidding. I, <laughs> I almost didn't leave it. So, uh, you win, Andrew. But anyways, so you guys asked, uh, what makes for a good cover song? And I don't actually have an answer for that. Um, so I, I do, however, have some thoughts, um, some thoughtful thoughts, if you will. Um, <laughs> yes. and it really, it really depends. And I, I saw some of the other answers that people said, and I agree. It, it depends. There are several things to it. Like something that I will love a lot is like, give me like a banger of a pop song and then slow it down and make it acoustic. Ah, I love that shit. Like give mm-hmm. it to me. Um, but then also sometimes you can have, a cover and it sound just like the original and I still love it so much. I love both versions, you know, um, is it necessarily better than the original depends on the song. Um, but it also comes down to who's actually doing the covers because if it's, if it's a band that I like and they're doing a cover and it basically sounds like the original, I'm probably going to love it. But if it's a band that I'm maybe not as familiar with and I feel like it's just fine if it sounds like the original, like I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like it doesn't do anything for me necessarily. So I think that it has a lot of factors to it. And I I don't think that there's a real answer. Um I think Danny Stairs said it best that the heart wants what the heart wants and sometimes it's a covered that sounds exactly like the original and other times it's something completely different. Uh but anyways, those are my ramblings. Um I've really got nothing else for you. So MagPod for lies.
2: Thank you, Mickey.
1: Thanks, Mickey. Excellent yeah, job was... as always.
2: Andrew's <laughs> always saying her voicemails are trash and I'm always saying no they're Wow. Great. <laughs> wow. Just fake, kidding. Fake
1: news. We no. both love your voicemails, Mickey. <laughs> Yeah. So it, I think what Mickey said is it depends. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it really, it, I think a lot of people were kind of agreeing with the, this concept of like a, a one-to-one is sort of useless. And right. a punk band covering another punk band, it just seems kind of silly uh, because it's, you, you know, it, it, you're, you you you're not really doing, doing much different, but, um, you know, Danny Leary, MXPX meme, say Hawkins yes. pod.
2: He had some hot takes.
1: He had some hot takes. He said on Twitter, there's literally no answer to this question. Any person's answer contradicts the next any person's answer will contradict themselves. I no longer believe there's anything that quote makes a good cover other than you hear each cover and decide if it's good. And then he also posted this list of 25 famous songs you never knew were covers. So that that kind of flies in the face of like what people like. If you don't know a song is a cover, right? Like, if you don't, like, is it a cover to you then? Like, if you don't even know, like, you know, Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper was not her song. Right. Um, you know, Red Red Wine by UB40. A lot of these songs that a lot of people like, even I love rock and roll,
2: right? Which, which, we, which we messed which we, up by not mentioning. I think I knew yeah. that in the back of my head, but forgot that that wasn't right. actually a Joan Generation, right?
1: So, um, and you know, I was going through this list and I was looking for it, And I was waiting for it, and towards the very end, uh, Natalie and Bruglie is torn, which wasn't, um, which is not by her, it was by this band called Edna Swap. And have we talked about this on the pod? I think we have. I think we we've have. talked about it before. Yeah. And to be, to be honest, I actually, and I don't know if this is a case of like, which one you hear first becomes your favorite, but like, mm-hmm. I do like, uh, Natalie and Brugley's better. Um, it's also because I probably, because I had a crush on her. <laughs> I mean, back when that the song video, came. I mean, I st- out of the tub. I mean, I still sort of have a crush on her. Yeah. We've covered uh, this before. <laughs> <laughs> we have covered this before. we have talked about my Natalie and Brugley crush before, but, you know, it's, you know, which one you hear first, do you know that it's a cover? I mean, we, we also joked about a number of times that we contradict our own logic for how we like, for what makes a good cover. And so I think, I feel like Danny Leary is on point in our wild inconsistencies and contradictions.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, the, I think the consensus between us, between, uh, what listeners are saying in comments and stuff is just like it's a subjective thing. like it's it's what makes the cover work for you, you know? and right. yeah, the the comment that um mickey was was referencing that that Danny Stair said was he he said, "I just listened to a song and I asked myself if it brings me joy. cool, if not, oh well, covers sometimes will struggle more to succeed at bringing joy, but I have no clue how to quantify it. The heart wants what the heart wants, which I think is totally fair. A lot of people are saying, um, many people are saying that uh, <laughs> people just have to make the song their own. If you can sort of um, put your own stamp on it, often if that's a genre change, that's kind of the most important thing. So yeah, I realize it's it's completely subjective. It, it it Even if you have these rules that you think you have like me, those can change and go out the window if something just clicks for you. And yeah, you know, I feel like another thing that happens is kind of these trends of covers, which become more kind of covered songs or right if there's a format and the thing that mickey referenced i i totally get the idea of like taking well song and slowing it way down and making it kind of sad or creepy but that's become such a like movie trailer thing right which maybe first happened with um social network trailer where they had uh, Creep performed by that like Swedish women's choir or whatever <laughs> and it was just like this haunting beautiful version of that but that's become such almost like a parody to be like right take a popular song and have like a woman singer sing it very like slowly and right. sadly and you know this um, is
1: this is yeah. a, a joke that um, our, our mutual friend Eric Nordenson we've we've uh, so me and Eric and his wife Katie we have joked On numerous occasions, that we want to see uh, a horror trailer with a slowed down piano version of Eagle Eye Cherry's "Save Tonight."
2: (laughs) I like it. That's a good idea. (laughs) You think about
1: it. Like, can you just imagine, like, "Save Tonight"? Tonight break of dawn, come tomorrow. Like, come on. He's loose in the woods.
2: (laughs) <laughs> I'm cutting it up with like slices of scary scenes from the movie. Exactly. No, that's a perfect idea that you should pitch that. I mean, uh, shout out also to, I think I told you this, I went to this farm while I was in Uh, The Twin Cities called Eagle Eye Farm, which is in uh, River Falls, Wisconsin, just over the border. And I was, like, making the joke, like, oh, it's cool that Eagle Eye Cherry established this farm. And then (laughs) for the rest of the day, I was singing, save tonight. Man, that song was omnipresent for a while. um,
1: Hey, when you were at that farm, uh, (laughs) did you have a bottle of wine?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that. I I can't even remember anything else.
1: No, uh, you don't? Besides Uh,
2: that chorus.
1: Okay, look, so little inside baseball here. So, uh, there was one night that me and, uh, Eric and, and Katie hung out. And so my fr- so Eric is like, he's one of my, like, in addition to John, like one of my oldest friends, people who I've known for like the longest, you know, pretty much mm-hmm. since college. And, and if you're looking for a person to just yes. And a joke and just riff on <laughs> something forever. He's, he is the ideal person. We riffed on Eagle Eye Cherry and that song for maybe an hour, an hour and a half. We just joked about, uh, about Eagle Eye Cherry and, and we weren't, we weren't totally kind. Like we, we got a little, we got a little mean, like, uh, you know, we're joking about like, I don't know what he's done lately, but like, uh, you know, we. I, I. At one point, I said I was making a joke that like, come tomorrow, my account is overdrawn, which is.
2: <laughs> this sounds like some weird Al shit right here.
1: <laughs> it's not fair. Like, apparently, he's he's released new music recently, yeah. so I don't want to like shit on you. Guys. Al
2: wouldn't be that mean about it.
1: Probably. No, no, no. Al is a saint. But <laughs> any, anyway. Um. Yeah. Any. Any other. <laughs> yeah. uh, any other. People you want to call out in their in their uh, what they said about our our cover question? Oh, you actually, there's somebody else I want to call. I want to call out Candice um, mm. because she what she said is she's uh, it has to be different enough, but not too different. There are some mm. covers I really enjoy, and others I can't stand. Like the disturbed cover of Sounds of Silence, I can't stand it. I think he butchered the song. And so we, I think we've talked we've talked about this have, yes. on the pod, and I responded that I think that. I, I, you know, I feel like I spoke for the pod when I said that 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 song is a nightmare, <laughs> and that I don't know why, but people like that version, and mm-hmm. it's so weird because his voice is so affected, and I don't. It's yeah, sure, it's like different, but this is a, an instance in which doing a different version, like making it super different, like he did. It, it just, it just, it sucked.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, this was not a phenomenon I was uh, familiar with until you pointed it out to me, but it's uh, it's not my deal. I'll stick with my, my Simon and Garfunk uh, if you please. Um, yeah, Robert Snyder, who we called out last week on the pod, uh, commented on our meme about my exacting fight club, like rules, right. uh, and said, don't be the same but don't be different either which is like a pretty good summation of uh, the whole experience of covers anyway have
1: we have we talked have we talked about this <laughs> yes we have <laughs> we've covered this too the uh the puddle of mud cover of the nirvana of nirvana song nirvana.
2: <laughs> so far i think i said this is better than i thought it would be when i saw this title
0: No. I do, I do. Thank you for this you I do. I do have a clue. Take it, it's You hang me out to try. I can see you every night. Rain.
2: Oof. I do two things to announce. Uh, number yeah. one, season four is Puddle of Mud. We'll be covering Puddle of Mud. Uh, <laughs> number two, granted, I'm not, I'm not i uh, I'm not the biggest Puddle of Mud um, connoisseur. I, I couldn't really tell you what he sounds like normally. Um, he but that's the, just uh, a, she, she fucking she hates fucking me.
1: She fucking hates me.
2: But that's just a straight up Kurt Cobain impression he's doing there, right? He's like, trying. is that how he normally sounds? Right? No,
1: right. it's. It is okay so evidently they have covered this song before this isn't like the this isn't like a dry run where they like did this for the very very first time they've covered it live before and maybe to better results yeah um but like this is a this is a thing they're he's literally trying to do a one to one and nobody can be Kurt Cobain. He's right. trying to be Kurt Cobain. D- just be, just be you. Just be yourself, bro.
2: Yeah, it sounds too much like he's trying.
1: I do. <laughs> yeah, that's like
2: that's a Kurt impression. You know, that's, e- that <laughs> record is one that I thought a lot about actually when we were talking about
0: the what guitar. we like
2: in a cover. Oh, and that yes, and the, this, the this, sound uh, coming out of the this, hole. in
1: <laughs> Kurt Cobain's <Kirby's> wood.
2: wood. <laughs> um, but. Uh, but I mean, a classic uh, uh, record of really, really successful covers where, like, I don't know, half of those songs or a third at least are like covers. And he really put his own spin on them in terms of like acoustic versions of a lot of those songs or vocal versions. Like we talked about, um, I think at some point, The Man Who Sold the World, the Bowie song, a oh, song I it's, love. It's, but
1: it's like, I think, I think honestly, there are probably some people. I was going to, before I even said that, I was going to say, the, that song that I'm, I'm sure there are some people who don't know that that's a bowie song
2: there were a bunch of songs because that was like one of my sixth grade albums in my little yeah, yeah. 12 cd thing i carried around along with uh dc talks new thing was in there weezer's blue album was in there cranberries the crow soundtrack as we talked about israel that, is, was real, that uh... is
1: one hell of a mix bro <laughs> yeah that's that's Johnny i mean King. you you uh... liked you liked the crow and you loved <laughs> rap music you always have and you always will that
2: one was in there because it was a Christmas present for my grandmother. Um, not <laughs> just to say case, that I wasn't. Just
1: in case you were at school and your grandma stopped you in the hallway. She's like, well, let me see that CD case.
2: It was more of a like, I should like this. I mean, free at last was out at that point, which I legit loved. Um, and I was like, I should give this more of a chance. Because I was like, no, it sucks. Um, anyway, at the time, as a sixth grader, a lot of those songs, it took me a while to realize that they were not like, um, My girl, my girl, don't lie to me. Oh, I'm talking about you're talking about. Um, Okay, I thought that was a Nirvana original, forever, and of course, it's like a blues song from hundred years ago. But like, yeah, they they really made a lot of songs around on on that record. Anyway, um, one other social med's comment I would like to call out. I mentioned last week that uh, Mark L uh, on Instagram pointed out um, the saw box once wrote a song about it uh, yeah. a joke from in living color i appreciated that mark l again weighed in this week you know we asked on the pod last week <clears throat> if anybody knew anything about april Lasseter, who right sang the female vocals on the x cover on songs yes. we didn't write yes and he said uh, kevin 131 had an industrial band kevin 131 the producer of uh, many go hook albums called alexia that april Lasseter was one of the vocalists for And I was like, man, Mark L really coming in with the knowledge. This is before I realized this was Mark Uh, (laughs) LaCasse. We will cover uh, this episode because he joined Goaty Hook for the record Two Years to Never, which we will cover today. So thank you very much, Mark, for these good, insightful comments. Yeah, Thanks for shredding on that guitar on this album, which we'll also cover. But uh, yeah, very cool to learn that uh, Mark from, he was also in uh, Mid Carson July, the band. Um, but yeah, could, yeah. Could go to Hook guitar player for for a season there.
1: Lead guitar player. That's right. Um, yeah, uh, you know, you know, and we'll and we'll get to this, but you know, in the two years to never centerfold of the CD booklet that I have, looking super cool, looking mm-hmm. hard AF. Yeah, everybody Marcus. looking pretty cool. In that, Everybody's. like, lo- I mean, like, n- I, here's the thing: nobody can look as cool as joel he's got his cbgb's shirt on he's got his little jacket i mean it's just the guy just oozes like oozes the cool um anyway so thanks everybody for those uh uh answering those those the question of the week
2: do we have another Um, voicemail or no
1: we (laughs) i mean
2: (laughs) yes sort of (laughs) you close out for a reason
1: i mean you know yeah okay we'll we'll get to We'll get, to, we'll get to our boy, our boy Danny Stairs, of course.
3: Y'all blow. Quit talking shit about my shitty voicemail
0: quality. All things are really shitty quality shit, motherfucker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no. Like Danny, I just, I just want to point out that him t-
2: during this message
1: <laughs> during this message, his bitching about us calling his voicemail shitty was a shitty. Voice.
2: Yes, <laughs> his like, voice drops out. We don't know what he's saying. <laughs> Talk about my street
1: voice, man. Sh- 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 shitty.
2: Yeah. Uh, thank you, Danny. Stairs <laughs> <laughs> definitely worth uh, opening back up <laughs> the voice. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we love you, buddy.
1: We love you, Danny. Um. Okay. So, John, we've been trying to, um, you know, bring back some of our, uh classic we you know we we the other the last week i think we we brought back joy boys mm-hmm. but you know we have we have another segment mm. that we like that What's we've up? we've we've invented the i think it was this season mm-hmm. um and that is the takes john do you have some this week
2: i got some baby
0: the takes with john patterson <laughs>
2: I just walked away from that explosion without looking back at it.
1: (laughs) You put on your, you threw, you threw a match, you put on your sunglasses, you walked away. You're like,
2: fuck this. Get ready for my takes. (laughs) Um, I have a couple takes this week. And like I said, I, I, I've been having a tough time really distinguishing between the takes and (laughs) Joy Boys. They're usually just things that I like. (laughs) I got to think harder about stuff that I hate. And we talked a little bit about um, some of the things that we could talk about you know, related to like current events and things. And I'm just like, I'm just too bummed even talking about that stuff. I'm gonna to try to keep my takes at least to like culture stuff. So right. perhaps if there's some big cultural piece and I'm like, I don't know, I got an I got an interesting take on this thing, I'll share it here. But in the meantime, two things that I like and I'm excited about are my takes this week. One of them is the band Amel and the sniffers. Have hmm. I ever talked to you about them? I don't think so. They kick ass. They are a four-piece punk band from Australia. Um, Kind of like old-school punk sound, sort of garage rock, uh, old-school punk sound, and a lead singer who is a woman and uh, a female-fronted vocals. Um, But I'm really into them. They put out um, an album in 2019, a self-titled record, and they were a band that I was really excited about seeing 2020. They were planning a world tour obviously did not happen, but they spent uh, all of the last year working on this new record called comfort to me, which is coming out in September, but they released uh, a single for the record called guided by angels and just Mm -hmm. fucking rules. I I am a big fan of this band and this sound, and she's just got this um, real energy to her vocal performance and to uh, her performance on stage during shows and in videos and stuff. And and the song kind of captures that vibe pretty well. So Amyl and the Sniffers, I think it's sort of like a, you know, like a reference to like poppers, like Amyl nitrate, like sniffing it as a drug, which apparently is like a bigger thing in Australia than here. I don't know. Anyway, A-M-Y-L is how you spell that. Um, But, but very into that. Um, Also, uh, not new territory for me on this podcast but uh, Prince uh, mm. coming out with a new record as we're recording uh, tomorrow so by the time this drops it will be out but his album Welcome to America the first complete posthumous record uh, mm. will be released this week and I'm very pumped for it um, they've released a few singles from the record in advance and I'm very into them they're all funky Get those funky bass lines it's just a good time um they feel very like sort of fun summer songs but they're also you know classic prints they're a little weird and out there and um sort of these ruminations on social issues of what's happening in the country and i don't know i I, i'm very excited about what this album may hold it's kind of that constant tension um with any sort of figure who has died and has left a bunch of stuff and then this family or state or whatever figures out what to do with it but this is probably an album that prince never wanted anybody to see it was recorded in 2010 and completed and he just shelved it and nobody really knows why um but you know and he and he did still release a lot of music so it is interesting to see that he didn't do this one but um i've really enjoyed what i've heard from it and i, I think you kind of have to take the you know he didn't leave a will which has left things so messy and has Mm. been part of the whole debate around what should we do with paisley park what should we do with all these recordings of his and it's been a real back and forth between different members of his family and estate and stuff but i am of the opinion that opening things up to fans and and showing folks as much as possible is probably for the good and you can kind of place it in the context of what he may or may not have been interested in but um yeah, I, he's somebody who I was was very interested in in giving fans a lot. So I sort of take it with a grain of rice, but I'm very excited to get into the record "Welcome to America." Uh, if people are into Prince, I'll be curious to, see, to hear what you think. But anyway, that's out uh, now.
1: Have you ever uh, watched uh, an evening with Kevin Smith? Have you ever seen? Yes, a long did time you, ago. Did you ever see that the one with the? <laughs> he talked about his prince story
2: yeah he goes to paisley park and uh and
1: prince wants him to like like direct some right. weird thing that he's doing and yeah it's just this long wild <laughs> story about about prince and 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 he the story he was sort of explaining that kevin smith was saying that like prince would like record these full-blown music videos with never with no intention of ever like releasing them like just like having doing them but like essentially throwing them in a vault and just not and whether that's just for his own edification or for fun or for later I don't know but I I just like you talking about this made me think about that kind of stuff like if, if there will ever be a release of a bunch of Prince music videos that nobody has ever seen because they right. just were never released.
2: Probably. Yeah. I mean, he, he certainly strikes me as somebody who just would reach out to people that he like vibed with or thought were cool. And we like, Hey, just come out to Paisley park and we'll just talk about stuff. And they're all kind of like, uh, okay. Like, apparently he was a big fan of dogma uh, <laughs> Kevin Smith's movie, which like yeah. makes so much sense because it's so idiosyncratic and weird. <laughs> um, And yeah, pitching these ideas of like some project and Kevin Smith was just kind of like, okay, but yeah, I'm sure it was just constant (laughs) near collaborations or beginnings of things. And maybe it never like fully realized or whatever, but he was just constantly doing stuff and making stuff. He One of the things I learned on the Paisley Park tour I went on is he had in every room of the house and of the studio and everywhere in the building, like recording equipment ready to go, like synced up to his studio so he could like press a button on a thing in the room and just start recording right there because he'd be like i get ideas everywhere so i don't know that's kind of a neat idea that he's just like constantly coming up with stuff Man. anyway
1: gone my takes
2: it's true it's true yeah uh do you have any takes of your own andrew do i
1: or should i say do i do
0: i the
1: um okay so my my take is one that is uh not going to surprise anybody but it it has to do with um letting women do whatever the fuck they want with their bodies Mm. um and this and this specifically kind of has to do with a couple different artists um one more so than another um but I just I just felt like I wanted to call it out because so Halsey has her yeah. new album coming out uh, August twenty seventh, and on the cover the cover of this album is essentially a Renaissance style art piece mm-hmm. and
2: very cool looking.
1: It's very cool. So essentially, she's sitting on this throne, looking like a queen, holding a baby with one of her breasts out. And uh, I'll just read what Halsey posted on her Instagram. Uh, This album is a concept album about the joys and horrors of pregnancy and childbirth. It was very important to me that the cover art conveyed the sentiment of my journey over the past few months. The dichotomy of the Madonna and the whore. The idea that me as a sexual being and my body as a vessel and a gift to my child are two concepts that can coexist peacefully and powerfully. My body has belonged to the world in many different ways the past few years, and this image is is my means of reclaiming my autonomy and establishing my pride and strength as a life force for my human being. This cover image celebrates pregnant and postpartum bodies as something beautiful to be admired. We have a long way to go with eradicating the social stigma around bodies and breastfeeding. I hope this can be a step in the right direction. Um, And I fucking love that, that (laughs) she can be like, look, my body can be um, a powerful, life-giving thing. Mm -hmm. It can be sexual. It can be desirable. It can uh, provide nourishment. It can still be there's still like power and horror and trauma. And like, there's just so much that is part of the hu the, the, the woman, the female experience of giving birth and, and pre and post part of it's like, there's just so much there. Mm -hmm. And the fact that there's even a controversy or people have like opinions about it, it's just like, just fucking like, this is, this is beautiful and amazing. And like, the fact that uh, a breast of, you know, a woman being like, this is I think some people just have such a problem with the, with the an idea of a breast being anything other than like a sexual object for mm-hmm. men, you know, it's like, no, this is, this is also a thing that she uses to help feed her child and her body birth this child that's sitting here mm-hmm. and just like i i i just think it's a powerful image i love it i'm super for it um and on on the other hand too uh i just want to like i just want to call out lords uh, solar power cover um which is like equal parts this so i don't know you you i'm assuming you've seen the seen the cover yes. So it's like Lord on my my, you know, from what I read, it was like she was with her friend on the beach, and it's like this picture of her like jumping over her friend uh like in a bikini. And so right. it's just essentially like the shot of her butt front right. and center on the album cover. And it's like, is it a sexy album cover? Absolutely does it like show this sort of like fun and free spirited image of like her just like being outside and like having this moment with a friend? Yeah. It's also, it's also that, you know, is it a provocative image? Sure. But like, like I just, I'm, I just think it's also a very striking album cover too. Mm -hmm. And just letting artists and especially female artists, use their bodies and express themselves. You know, I mean, these are two white women and, um, usually these kinds of conversations happen a lot around women of color Mm -hmm. and how women of color talk about their bodies. Obviously, you know, you think about something like, you know, Megan The Stallion with, you know, wet ass Mm -hmm. pussy and, and the sort of like, uh, or even, you know, uh, Lizzo, you know policing fat bodies that sort Mm -hmm. of thing um and i just i just i just don't and like you and i know we we said we're not really going to talk about the olympics but you just look at the way that women especially women of color this this olympics have been their bodies have been policed yeah um whether it's their hair or the the attire that they're wearing, whether it's too much or too little, Mm -hmm. you know, women just can't seem to fucking win. Right. And just let them do what the fuck (laughs) they want with their bodies. I don't feel like this is too much to ask.
2: Uh, Marijuana not a performance enhancing drug for the Olympics uh, Um, also.
1: (laughs) If you can smoke weed and still crush the competition, you deserve two gold medals.
2: I'm so impressed. I, like, run into my wall and text you and I smoke weed, so I don't <laughs> break uh, Olympic records. Um, yeah. I. Uh,
1: How was Babe Pig in the City, by the way?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe referencing somebody maybe taking an edible and choosing Babe Pig in the City as the entertainment for that evening. So it's a lot to process. I'm just going to say that. Um, uh, asking for a friend, reporting for a friend. sure, um, sure, sure, sure. sure. Uh, Yes, fully 1000% agree with everything that you said I will chime in with two things. Uh, My issue with the new Lord record is not at all to do. With the aesthetic and the cover i'm just kind of bummed out that she's like in a happy poppy place <laughs> so like personally i'm happy for her as a big fan of her music when she was like darker and gothy <laughs> i'm kind of like oh man she looked she went from being like wearing all black and making these like very like you know lo-fi beats about being a misfit to like being in a bikini on the beach and having a great time which is great for her uh but that lead single is such it just sounds exactly like George Michael's freedom and i was just like i just can't get behind this um
1: she's got two singles
2: out bro let her you know it's yeah she's in a moment and that's great uh
1: like, i like you know let's but she's also this is you know she's not releasing this album on cd because yeah you know she doesn't want there to be she's like i don't want to contribute to the the Uh, like just landfills of like unpurchased CDs you know so it's like only digital and vinyl which I think is kind of rad that she's like let's so I don't know I'm I'm a
2: huge fan of her and I was a really, really big fan of pure hair and also of melodrama, not quite as much, but I liked a lot. And I saw her on the melodrama tour and it ruled. It was an amazing concert. So I, I support whatever she does. It's just like not my vibe so much with this current uh, trajectory, but that's fine. Dude, I'm glad that there's, she's doing well.
1: Yeah. There's any number of bummer artists that if you want to, if you <laughs> if absolutely you wanna, like, if you want to, if you want to get in, if you want to get in your feels. Uh, yeah yeah
2: totally no that's great and i i I am genuinely glad that she seems to be doing well and just like let me know when you get back to feeling (laughs) feeling like a a loner again um
1: yeah there's you know because uh i think um there is one album that i'm wondering if it's going to be if it's going to be on your list of uh, Mm. albums of the year um the new lucy dacus record is that gonna i'm into it Way yeah see this <laughs> this is like i'm saying like if you want if you want <laughs> something like if you want to be in your feels and you want to feel dark you know just throw in that lucy dacus and then if yeah, you want to yeah. feel in a more maybe more positive throw yeah. on throw on hey, that new lord
2: i love i love a summer album so i need to just kind of get used to that that version of lord i think um and then the other thing i was going to say about your other uh artist uh, halsey also very on board for this like IMAX movie she's releasing. Have you heard about this? No, no. In conjunction with the new record she's putting out, she's putting out some kind of—I don't know if it's like a short film or extended video or a full movie. I don't know, but a movie called "If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power," which is a cool title. Yeah. Uh, in August, uh, in IMAX, um, and it's very much looks like a, a horror movie, um, and the like title is dripping like blood. And I'm like, man, whatever this is, she's pregnant <laughs> in the in the poster for it, but she's like upside down. It straight up looks like a horror movie. So I'm very intrigued by whatever this is, and I think it'll be cool. So anyway,
1: yeah. uh,
2: good takes. Good takes all around.
1: Good takes. So those are our takes. Kaboom. Kaboom. Um, so moving moving right along, John, mm-hmm. I, I need to ask you a question. <laughs> uh-huh. Do you want to play a game? Oh, yeah. Is that, are you the the Kool-Aid man?
2: Well, it wasn't, I didn't really commit to being the Kool-Aid man enough. Uh, Have you heard about uh, Tig Notaro's new special uh, called Geron? No. She's got this new special that's like all animated and it's like different. Is it out yet? It's out on um, HBO Max
1: god um, damn it why so why is everything out on hbo max god i don't know but it. i can
2: give you my friends login and you can watch it so
1: <laughs> i have this can be I, arranged there's i'm so i'm so frustrated that like I'm like do i need to cancel some service and just get hbo max HMX instead
2: pretty good
1: um
2: man he's uh, the uh, the the ceo or whatever has also said like i know people just like share it and that's kind of fine so i feel a little more okay doing that they're like yeah, yeah whatever um Anyway, it's a very cool uh, special because like each different sort of joke she tells is done in like a different animation style. Um, the only reason I'm talking about this is because she's got uh, a joke about um, shit. What, whoa, <laughs> why did I bring this up? What's the last thing you said? <laughs> I was talking about playing a game, bro. I know. There's something that happened. Oh, man. Lucy Dacus? Oh, uh, no, no. Halsey? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, that I responded by saying... Oh, yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> she's got a whole great bit about the Kool-Aid Man. And she's like talking about how, okay, so is the Kool-Aid Man just waiting in the neighbor's yard, like listening <laughs> through the fence, waiting for the moment where he can bust through and be like, oh, yeah. Anyway, it's funnier than that. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. I think that's why I've got Kool-Aid Man on the brain.
1: That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Tig Nataro, a national treasure. Yes. Love, love her so much. Um. All right. So... A game. <laughs> we are playing a game. This this week we're talking Two Years to Never, mm. an album that came out in the year 2000. In the year um,
2: 2000. We
1: are talking uh, 2000 this week in a quiz I'm calling Two Quizzes to Never, a.k.a. <laughs> the year 2000 quiz. Yes, love it. We've covered the year 2000 on previous quizzes, but when uh, it was so culturally rich and artistically deep, how can I pass it up? That's right. So, John, are you ready?
2: I'm ready. Let's do it.
1: All right. First question. (sighs) Tears never dropped in July of 2000 amid many iconic classics of that same year. Infest by Papa Roach, The Sickness by Disturbed, and LD50 by Mudvayne. We've discussed Papa Roach and Disturbed before, but what do you know about Mudvayne's first single, Dig? Finish this (sighs) lyric. I would love to beat the face of any motherfucker that's thinking they can change me. White knuckles grip pushing through for the gold. If you're wanting a piece of me, blank. A, I broke the motherfucking mold. B, I'll leave your body fucking cold. C, you'll regret that you stepped to me. Or D, I'll give your skull a fist-sized hole <laughs> so you're sure
2: we haven't done this one before <laughs> is this just so similar to uh those other bands that you mentioned when you quiz me on their lyrics <laughs> yes it's just the fact so similar
1: this is so it's 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 pathetic bro this is so fucking similar these these are are you saying if this is so similar because you know the answer to? I would love to beat the face of any motherfucker that's thinking they can change me. White knuckles, uh, grip pushing through for the gold. If you're wanting a piece of me,
2: oh man, I don't remember the answer. I just feel like we talked about this, but it was must have been just a very similar song.
1: Yeah, uh, bro, we've um, talked. We we did talk about a lot of other. I had a. I think I had a whole quiz.
2: Yeah, I so think you did. <laughs> Um, I this think, was
1: their lead single from their debut record
2: can't say I recall this one uh, I gotta go with, uh, with B I'll leave your body fucking cold that seems like it fits the most
1: okay you're going with if you're wanting a piece of me I'll leave your body fucking cold I'm sorry John Man. um I broke the motherfucking mold. See, that was
2: that's two motherfuckers there in the same few lines, which I thought was too much, but not for Mudvayne.
1: Not for Mudvayne, no. <laughs> um,
2: I really wish yeah. it was. I'll give your skull a fist size hole.
1: <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing: lyrics that come after that. Um, I'm drowning in your wake. Shit rubbed in my face. Teething on concrete, gums bleeding. So I feel like when it comes to uh, lead single off the, off your debut album, you you c- kind of want to talk about uh, you know shit being in your face. I feel like that's uh, kind of uh, the <laughs> I feel like that's it's what, beautiful. It's what, it's what people want.
2: Mm-hmm. Fighting an, curb, LD, and an, L,
1: an LD50 is I guess a term that has to do with like overdosing. Cool. like like what most people would like what what it would take to like overdose most people or something like that so it's like a really super cool uh That's great. Every, just everything super cool all around uh pod van yeah yeah um so uh question number 2 hmm. we've discussed terrible films in these quizzes before <laughs> and we've even discussed Roger Ebert and his brutal takedowns of films he hates. Hmm. In 2000, he said this about a particular movie. Quote, Some movies run off the rails. This one is like the train crash in The Fugitive. I watched it in mounting gloom, realizing I was witnessing something historic. A film that for decades to come will be the punchline of jokes about bad movies. (laughs) What movie is Ebert reviewing? Is this is a movie that came out in the year 2000. Was it A, MVP, Most Valuable Primate? B, Dude, Where's My Car? C, Battlefield Earth? Or D, The Flintstones in Vega Rock, Vegas?
2: <laughs> um, good you see choices any of these, all around.
1: Did you see any of these films, John?
2: uh i did see dude where's my car okay okay uh, i believe mvp most valuable primate was my um like profile image <laughs> on. um i want to say like make out club you remember that <laughs> website
1: do you think i was making out with anybody john
2: oh well, i think that was that was the issue it Was people looking to make out but uh not doing it it was like <laughs> a pre-tumblr sort of emo okay. kid place okay Anyway, I no. used that that monkey in that hockey uniform in a few places. I remember that much, but I never saw the film. Um, I can't imagine Roger Ebert did either. Uh, he probably saw "Dude, Where's My Car?" Don't know that he was spending a lot of time on Flintstones two, but this sounds like a, a Battlefield Earth. Everybody saw that, and it was indeed a punchline of jokes about bad movies. So I'm going to go Battlefield Earth.
1: I'm going with Battlefield Earth is the. Uh, train crash in the future <laughs> yes john you're right Ray. uh he was talking about battlefield earth uh he further elaborated there's a moment here when the cyclos enter into in- in- cyclos Cyclops. entire planet <laughs> home office and all is blown the smithereens without the slightest impact on any member of the audience or for, for that matter the cast If the film had been destroyed in a similar cataclysm, there might have been a standing ovation. (laughs) (laughs) This dude, this yeah, Ebert, like when he felt passionately about how terrible a film was, (laughs) he did not hold back. Uh, Oh my
2: god! Famously, the author of a collection of. Uh, reviews about bad movies called "Your Movie Sucks," <laughs> which is based, the best, based
1: off the uh, the Deuce Bigelow uh, <laughs> Rob Rob Schneider vehicle. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. We I had mentioned that, that was another. Oh, uh, that was a previous uh, question. Hmm. Uh, Roger Ebert. Just got gotta love gotta love bringing up Ebert. Uh, he is an icon, and and I love and I love him. He means
2: right. a lot to me. Uh, unlike Elron Hubbard, uh, who can. <laughs> You can suck a cyclone
1: <laughs> yeah uh uh l ron hubbard definitely not the most valuable primate <laughs> <laughs> indeed <laughs> all right question three it's very easy to assume the albums considered to be contemporary classics were always thought of that way this wasn't always the case the year 2000 saw the release of many albums thought as permanent classics in 2021 I'm going to read you some review snippets about an album and you need to tell me which album they're talking about. These are all quotes, morbid proof that this sort of self-indulgence results in a weird kind of anonymity rather than something distinctive and original tubby ostentatious (laughs) self-congratulatory look ma I can suck my own cock whiny old rubbish a commercial suicide note jeez relentless miserableism was what was this the what were these reviews talking about which album was this about was this a the moon in antarctica by modest mouse kid a by radiohead um this Cigarose album that i always forget how to pronounce but you can see the, uh, the, the Gate the, to Spirun <laughs> Yeah. Does that sound right? Sure. Or D, and then Nothing Turned Itself Inside Out by Yola Tango.
2: Um, all good albums, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I hope to one day uh, have a critic call me or my work Tubby. <laughs> uh.
1: Or a commercial suicide note. <laughs> yeah. That is. Um, that's bleak. That's brutal. Um, (laughs) miserable
2: You know, (laughs) I think all of these descriptions point toward uh, Kid A's Radiohead, which was my guess even before I saw this list. I don't know if that's... Kid A's Radiohead?
1: Radiohead's Kid A? Radiohead's
2: Kid A. Uh, Whatever, you know what I'm saying. Um, Which uh, took some getting used to from a lot of people at first. Uh, Now, you're right, it is seen as a classic, but at the time it received kind of mixed in my memory, so... I hope I'm right about that.
1: You're going. um, Kid A by Radiohead is. uh, Look, Ma, I can suck my own cock, whiny old rubbish. (laughs) Perhaps. John, you're right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, These were some really bad t- takes yeah. on that record um and the and the uh tubby ostentatious self-congratulatory look i can suck my own cocked whiny old rubbish this pitchfork? guy <laughs> no 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 actually pitchfork gave that oh, they, a t- it. they yeah. gave it a 10 out of 10 they Sounds they right. they loved it um but uh i mean i went to pitchfork immediately just to see <laughs> what they had to say <laughs> about it but um this it's funny because there were a number of reviews like this guy the one I, I just mentioned he was a British guy and he did a like a 10 year look back on his review you know and he, and he talked about how like music reviewers uh, have their like one of their things they talk about is like a review that they got terribly wrong and he doubled down. Mm, on it fascinating he didn't he didn't like go do it about face and be like i was wrong he he, he still talked he like maybe gave it like like a 1.5 when it came out and he said maybe he would like up it to a 2.5 but he was just shitting all over the album still i'm like you're you're not cool like <laughs> pretending that like like the way yeah like is do people jerk off Radiohead a lot sure but like you cannot under sell how significant yeah a lot of their early records and especially kid a yes what those did like that was that like those albums are very very significant in a number of ways and you can say what you want about you know the sort of like self-indulgent or self-congratulatory whatever that you want you want to say about radiohead and they're sort of like oh like i'm so whatever but like that album is kid a is incredible so you're that guy's wrong (laughs) he's just Um, wrong like i'm not i'm not someone that that's gonna go out always and be like and yuck someone's yum and be like say your opinion's wrong but your opinion is is (laughs) is wrong
2: uh I'm going to make another reference here to a streaming show that you may have not watched because you don't have the platform it's on. But have you watched uh, Ted Lasso yet?
1: I haven't. That's another one. It's on my list. It's on my list. I need to... I think
2: think that you would like it a lot. Um, But there... I mean, it's set in England and there's a British... Uh, journalist who's always at the uh you know press conferences and he 100 would say something like tubby ostentatious self-congratulatory uh that's very much the vibe yeah. um uh, you, you know the brits in particular were down on this record when it came out yes um yes. and i think i at the time i mean i was a massive massive okay computer fan and so at the time i like a lot of people was like i miss those guitars where's the guitars <laughs> um but now of course they were so ahead of the curve yes. um in terms of the sort yes. of global pop move away from guitars to electronic right. stuff and um i did like kid a at the time even as a kid who was like wishing it was more of the rock sound i always liked it it was a uh, amnesiac for me which took a little while to really appreciate which is sort of their um tracks that they uh didn't release on kid a but extra tracks from those sessions that was the album that followed that up now i think i i like Jack almost as much as Kid um but at that time i was just like boy it's taking me a while to process what's happening here um
1: and i think by the time in rainbows came out everybody was sort of like the pump was primed for that kind of for all of it and uh you know so Anyway, we don't need to. <laughs> I want to talk about Radiohead. <laughs> yes, Pod A is uh, our next season. Oh God, I would love that. I'm sure Pot-y- there's ten of those. Podiohead. Yep, yeah, I would love that. Um, you know what? Something. So I want to. I want to talk. I, this is not something I've I've talked about before on the pod. I don't think. But a, or maybe I have. I don't remember. But you tell me if I if I've told you about this. Uh, there is a, uh, a new youtube channel that just came out like a month ago okay. and it's called turning the tables hmm. and it's this young guy with his dad and he's sitting down with him and introducing him to records for the first time and like listening to these records Sounds cool. for the first time and he started with radiohead and so uh the first one was a moon-shaped pool then okay computer then kid a and then in rainbows and so his dad is like uh, this music is also a music fan and a musician and so this young this guy's like maybe i'm guessing he's like in his mid-20s and the relationship he has with his dad you can tell they're definitely canadian uh (laughs) but so but he's introducing his dad to these albums and his dad is just like uh so into into these records Uh and I love it so much Um, and so they started off like pretty small now they have like um, just like I think a week ago they had mentioned like they have like 2,000 subscribers now they're like up to 8,000 subscribers and So you you, like this? It's it's called the titles of the videos are called like Dad reacts to OK Computer to -hmm. Kid A whatever, and now they moved on to uh, Lateralis by Tool and then Pure Comedy by Father John Misty and so like these a lot of these maybe avant garde or more indie bands and and just sort of getting his first reactions to these records and Mm -hmm. and I love watching people experience music like this for the first time yeah. it's so enjoyable because it's, cool. it's not like it's not like your typical react video because this is like because these albums are experiences Right. you know it's not just being like hey watch this dumb video and, and tell me what you think it's like put on this fucking epic record yep. and and experience, experience this with your son you know it just there's just some there's just something to it so uh, I'm just, I'm just shouting that out. Um, cool. That I feel, I feel like people should, should check that out if they want to watch um, these cute uh, Canadian father-son duo <laughs> listen to, uh, listen to great records. I like it. All right. Anyway, uh, two for three, John.
2: Hey, not bad.
1: Four. We all know Johnny Potts is a fan of B horror. <laughs> November 2000 saw the release of Jack Frost 2 Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. Hell yeah. While Jack Frost was melted in the first film, he was inadvertently revived. How was Jack Frost revived? A. His remains leaked into the snow. B. A cup of coffee. C. An icicle with mutated genes falls into the tank. Or D, he just did. They don't even explain it. He's just back.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember Jack Frost. Did you see the first like... one? No, but I... I remember it, but I feel like I always get it confused with that one where Michael Keaton plays a snowman dad, you know what I'm talking
1: about? <laughs> <laughs> this is not the Michael Keaton film.
2: No, no, this was in the like fallow period for Michael Keaton, um, where he was like, yeah, I'll play a, a dad who turns into a snowman. Sounds good. Um, and <laughs> Multi- Was it Multiplicity too? Is that the name? <laughs> uh, <area? laughs> yeah, after, after Multiplicity, but um, so I'm always kind of morphing those two movies in my brain. <laughs> um boy i could not tell you uh i kind of like he just did he's just back uh d that's my answer
1: you're going he's just back yeah um no explanation john i'm sorry Uh, (laughs) um inexplicably a cup of coffee
2: (laughs) that's dumb
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's there's like so there's like something to do with like like the first movie he was like melted with antifreeze and there's something like this time he's like, they spill like somebody spills a cup of coffee into something. And like <laughs> the cup of coffee wakes him up or whatever, which is like so dumb. I feel like, like
2: they could have spent a little more time. on. They could have
1: spent any time on that. But um, yeah, they're like literally I think any of the other answers I made up, like even if he just came back and they didn't explain, it would be better than like, Oh shit! I spilled a cup of coffee onto Jack Frost.
2: Yeah, that's so silly. No, that's, man, I gotta watch yeah.
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, um, but there's like something that like, I was mean, just like the 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 plot is so convoluted, it just sounds awful. As much as a uh, killer snowman is, <laughs> but anyway, um, so two for four. You could tie for yourself last week. Mm. So let's see if you can get this last one. I hope so. Question five The classic Conan O'Brien bit in the year 2000 has many memorable quotes. Which isn't an actual quote? So three of these are actually in the year 2000 bits. Uh-huh. One of them I made up. A, in the year 2000, I'm not going to do it unless you want to <laughs> do it. No, I can't. In the year That's pretty good. George W. Bush's presidency will make history with the first executive order signed with a Crayola. B. The discovery of extraterrestrial life will create a revolution in science, art, and pornography. C. Ancient scrolls will reveal that Noah originally planned on bringing three of each species on his Ark, not to save them from the Flood but just to see if any animals were into that kind of thing. Or D, it will be revealed that carrots do not actually improve your eyesight, but they are still number one when it comes to scratching a deep rectal itch.
2: Oh, man. That one seems uh, too specifically gross to have been made up by you. Um, How dare you? (laughs) I mean, not that I doubt your ability to do something like that. Um The Noah one sounds familiar. Uh, boy, these are all very plausible, so props to you. Um, gosh. Um, I guess I will go with B, the discovery of extraterrestrial life will create a revolution in science art and pornography, although that does sound like a Conan joke, but I don't know. The rest just seemed too too plausible to me.
1: You're going extra, extraterrestrial porn. Yeah. John, I'm sorry. Um, Rough week. uh I made up the uh, George W. Bush wow. one. Wow.
2: See, that was the other one, I guess, but that seems very. I mean, I guess 2000, he wasn't quite the giant butt of jokes that he would well, become. Well,
1: they, I mean, they did in the year 2000, like way after, after the year 2000. 2000. <laughs> that's
2: true. That's true. My main memory of it is like in the late 90s or whatever, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They did it. I feel like they did it like.
2: Yeah, like they definitely did. Through
1: 2003 or even longer. Yeah. Well, that like that well is, into the Bush's first term.
2: That is a very very plausible late night uh, specifically kind of joke. So, well done my friends. Uh Thank you. Thank tough you. week for me, uh, good week for you in terms of quiz <laughs> quiz creativity.
1: Um yeah, this was a this was a fun one. Good stuff. Uh there were any number of year 2000 things that I feel like I want to talk about. I wanted to talk about Y2K. Mm. Uh, I was thinking about talking about year 2000 fashion, talking about the, the Justin and Brittany, uh, denim look, you know, there's Mm. any number of things that, that exist in, in the world of the year 2000, but, um, who knows, maybe, Maybe we will return, uh, and I I want to just call out the uh, the carrot one, the carrot <laughs> improving your eyesight. That was for people who want to watch it. That was the um, when Jim Carrey. That was a Jim ah. Carrey delivered, and it uh and it made La Bamba break. Who uh, La Bamba is the uh, the one who does? He's the, the one who would sing it, right? Who, who sings yeah. in the year two thousand. <laughs>
2: that's wonderful (laughs) oh man that sounds great yeah um all right should we take a break and listen to some music from
1: the year 2000 (laughs) i think we should yeah when we come back we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about the fourth (laughs) release third proper full-length record from gody hook two years to never oh boy
0: hey sugar i'm erica michelle i host a
2: voice diary called brown sugar diaries on the rock Kennedy network where i spill all the tea about my dating
1: experiences life lessons my journey to healing and wholeness my life as an entrepreneur student doctor ceo of a nonprofit, and i give my opinion on the current happenings
2: of the world you see why i have this voice diary i got a lot of stuff to talk about tune into brown sugar diaries
0: wherever you listen to podcasts and let's sip on this tea or wine your cup your business sugar okay
1: We're back. Mm, feel so soothed. I know. It's just singing you a little lullaby.
2: Mm. Um, So much to discuss with this record. Yes. Uh, Yes. I want to ask you first.
1: Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) Hit me. Hit me. Because I know the question, bro. I know the question.
2: Andrew, this came out July 18th, 2000. Yes. Tooth and Nail. Yes. Their final LP. Uh, When did you first hear... Of two years to never.
1: I can tell you exactly the moment I heard to, when I heard of this this record, John. Mm-hmm. I was at I was in Knoxville, Tennessee, Ooh. at Chick, huh. the Covenant Youth Conference, uh, and they were selling. They had a store with books and music and stuff, and I picked this CD up, and I have. I have I, I have all of my Goody hook still have all of my Goody hook uh, CDs and booklets from from back in the day. And this is yeah. So I, I saw this. I'm like I had no idea because this is 21 years ago. The sort of ability to know when new music was dropping was just not the same as it is now. You don't get that you just so like, oh this unless you got a flyer or had a tooth and nail catalog or whatever. You just like weren't getting blasted with this sort of release date. So I, this was at the, the chick store, uh, in Tennessee and I, I picked it up. And, um, so as a 16 year old, it was certainly, uh, a departure from what I expected, Mm -hmm. uh, going from banana man to songs that we didn't write, um, yes. to this, I was, I was, uh, not sort of anticipating the, uh, you know, I, I even had, cause, uh, Mach three mm-hmm. was the single that I remember hearing they, it was on a, it was on a sampler mm-hmm. that I had and um which is curious because like mach 3 is not on on spotify mach 3 is not even like the the most listened to or not the most streamed track on the record Interesting, um, but uh yeah that was so mach 3 was probably the single i knew of and um but and but yeah so this was, I, it was an, like immediate purchase. I'm like, I saw Goaty Hook. I saw something new. And so I picked it up right away.
2: Yes, um, I did too. Uh, I was highly anticipating this. As I said, I had skipped songs we didn't write, but I was very excited at the prospect of a new Goaty Hook record. I honestly can't remember if I got it at a show or not. I'm pretty sure I got this at Cheapo at the record store. Um, mm. I saw them... I want to say open for MXPX around this time. Uh, and I want to say that's where I bought the Goaty Hook hoodie I've referenced that I had, and the uh, anti-racist uh, comp that I had that had the Goaty Hook Pixies cover on it. I think that was at that show. I don't think I bought the record. I think the record was already out at this point. But anyway, it's all blur. Um, suffice to say, it was not what I expected. Um, I think, I think su-
1: suffice it to say, that was probably the experience for probably everyone. every Goaty Hook fan.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe like even Conrad, I don't know. It'd be interesting <laughs> to see what he uh, thought at the time. Um, you know, I, I it was much more straight ahead, rock, grungy, distorted than I expected. Um, you know, I can understand them wanting to sort of be taken more seriously. This is the same trajectory as almost every band we've covered this season. Right around this time, the sort of pop punk um, bubble is bursting a little, and the trajectory towards more straight ahead rock, or pop rock, or emo even, uh, is picking up a bit. Um, So I can understand them wanting to be taken a bit more seriously, wanting to actually um, properly record in a studio, think about what they wanted to do. I'm sure they were also in a heavier headspace at this moment, you know, as reflected in the lyrics. They're growing up. It's a very emotional album. It's very um, emotional. So, I can I can appreciate all that. Um, and it's not like I need silly songs to keep it going, like we've said, I think it was the real balance between going back and forth with goofy and with sort of surprisingly profound that always drew me to them. Um, and you know, there are some sort of goofy leaning moments, you know, he's got a song about, uh, driving around in a Chevy Nova and how dope it is, um, which is kind of like that, but for the most part, it's, it's pretty serious. So I think I uh, appreciated aspects of it at the time was disappointed by aspects of it at the time. And I really have not spent much time with this album at all in these 21 years. And I was kind of saving it and I feel pretty much the same as I did then, um, I I experienced it as a real mixed bag. At the time, I was confused by sort of a completely new direction, but I liked some of the songs, and that's pretty much how I feel now, even as I can appreciate them trying new stuff and, and, and trying to grow. Um, but I get the sense that you have only grown in your appreciation for it more over the years.
1: Correct, yes. So my ultimate takeaway is uh, probably... Similar, like that, I was sort of take maybe taken aback, or maybe just like it didn't strike me in the same way as I think what they had sort of primed me for with all their previous albums. It it just felt like a, a departure, not just in you know, not just sonically, but tone wise the tone shifted dramatically and it's not like I needed them to be like, like, Oh, here's, here's a banana guy again, you know, (laughs) but that I was not anticipating this, this style from them. And, and this is, I think this is a larger conversation, but I, I feel like I, this is a conversation that I've had with Mickey uh, before, and I'm curious about your thoughts i i'm I'm sort of of two minds on this. When a band makes sort of a departure from a particular sound in a way that's like you know it's it's sort of like that 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 idea of like if you replace all the parts of a ship, is it still the same ship? You know, like, right, right. So, like, and, and you know, and of course, they've like, you know, they've they've lost Conrad. They have somebody new, and then like over, and then then uh, eventually, by by the end, they were down to maybe only three people right. at the end, and and so like, and the sound has sort of shifted, like. When does like Goaty Hook, as people know them, like, yeah, stop being Goaty Hook. And Mickey and I have talked about this and, and as it relates to some, as bands like um, um Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco, like, so Fall Out Boy starting off as this sort of like Midwest, you, you know, Chicago suburbs, pop punk band. And now they're like just straight up pop bangers like mm-hmm. top forty kind of pop songs, that, and sometimes you're like, is this is this even are, are there guitars in this song? Like, what are right. they doing? And then like, uh panic is just Brendan yuri at this point. Like, when when does a band stop kind of being like what what you associate with that band? Like, and should a band like not be like would fall should Fallout Boy not be called Fallout Fallout Boy because they're not. Yeah. They've changed so much or should Goty hook be different because they're like uh the expectations of the fans are so different than like if you put on um Sumo Surprise versus, you know, and if you put on like Money and then Lullaby, you know, you're like is this is right. this the same band?
2: Yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, it's one that we asked with Valley Pack in particular. Uh, whose 2000 release right. is very unlike uh, their previous albums. And I gotta say, there's some moments on this record that really recall that album <laughs> for me, where it just leans into butt rock a little too heavily for me sometimes. Um, wow. It's how, much... <laughs> how dare you? It's a much better.
1: Smirch <laughs> the name.
2: <laughs> a much better album. Um, but I, it, you know, that that question is, is kind of similar. I will say, I think there's a lot more here. That is cohesive to Goaty Hook's previous discography than Value Packs. But, you know oh, that's, you that was a huge swing. No, um, that
1: that 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 Value Pack record, yeah. uh, Incognito, I believe, is right. what is yes. is nowhere near comparable no. to me. Like I I enjoy listening to this record. Uh, the number of times <laughs> yes. I've revisited that Value Pack record. Zero. zero.
2: i agree no i mean i'm and i'm not trying to equate them like this i like the ambition here i think it's good pop rock like it's these are solid songs they're well produced they're good songwriting and and i know that's that's not not typically
1: that's not typically your vibe the pop rock stuff and i am i'm typically on the record far more here for that and and open to that that style
2: Yeah. I think I just have to get on its wavelength. And once I do that, I can appreciate it. Um, But so I, you know, I, I do think there's enough that sort of unites them and I can understand being a band that you start in high school and you have a lot of goofy songs and then you get the chance as you're growing up to really actually put some money into some studio time and thinking about what kind of songs do I actually want to write that you're naturally going to want to do something that's a little more, um, not evolved, but you know, you're, you're growing as a musician and and what you want to contribute. So it makes sense that you'd be like, well, yeah, we're this kind of band that's known for goofy stuff, but we've got this moment. So why not use it to make these great pop songs? And it makes sense as an artist, but to the audience, it's like, they haven't necessarily gone on that journey (laughs) with you. Um, so it is kind of an abrupt change, but you know, I don't, it's, uh, so we should say like, there were, were lineup changes as you mentioned markle cass uh who we talked about in the first segment joined the band on lead guitar for this record and he did some of the tour for it and then ended up leaving the band i think during the tour but he he certainly shreds on this record and i'm here for some of that yeah. um christian recorded this record with, with them and then was out of the band i don't think he even went on tour with them so yeah as you were saying by the final iteration they were the trio of just joel adam and, and jamie um so, some of that was happening as this was rolling out as well. Um, produced by Sean O'Dwyer, who went on to produce uh, some Phoenix GX records, but mainly had done technical and engineering stuff for a ton of iconic artists in the 90s. I don't know if you saw this, but it was like Pink Floyd, Neil Diamond, Lionel Richie, Toto. Right. Uh, but then all this uh, pop punk staples, too. He did uh, Suicide Machines Destruction by Definition, he did Blink's Cinema of the State, he did MXPX's Ever Passing Moments. Um, So he has like a very considerable, uh, technical, uh, discography, not a ton of uh, production credits apart from those, but, um, certainly very well-produced sounds good. I will say sometimes it sounds pretty quietly mixed and we have referenced this interview that Joel did on urban achiever, uh, powers podcast several times now, but one thing that he did share on that, uh, show was that, um, for banana man, only, uh, two of them were allowed to sort of fly out and listen to the mix that didn't work out. Um, yes. for this record, they fought to have a month in the studio. Um, but the, the, the mixing board like fizzled out at the end. So they had to go back out uh to california i think it was again and that time they could only fly one person out so it was just joel (laughs) that time so perhaps again that was like too much pressure i will say there are times that i'm like why is the bass normally up in the mix but need a lot more bass on on certain songs i don't know but overall i think it's a really big nice production sound
1: uh this is an enormous step up yeah from banana man in just about Every way, not just the not just sonically in terms of like the you hear bass I mean right I mean just that, that that it's not just treble all over the place, but that they there are the in there's instrumentation here that that they're trying, whether it's piano or yeah um, Oregon organ or I feel like. There's one moment where and it's not credited that I can see in in the booklet anywhere, but I feel like there is a, a moment where Joel is maybe playing the sax, but I but I can't, I don't see it's it's so I'll I'll point it out when we get there, but it's sure. so uh mixed uh far into the into the yeah. mix that it's hard to tell interesting and you have to like listen to it on headphones and really pay attention and so i don't know if that's what i'm hearing but i'll I'll see if we can um i can point it out when we when we get there but cool well um yeah we get this, into it? i think we should um so track one one step away
0: As the minutes pass I look to you I know you're not all right I'm past the point of thinking straight I can only watch and cry
1: very heavy song for an opening track. Yeah, uh, not
2: not my favorite uh, opening track uh, choice here. Um, I mean, it
1: sounds it sounds like, um, and I don't know, I'm a, so here's another thing is like typically in in Goaty Hook songs, they list who wrote the lyrics. Mm-hmm. That's not the case uh, in this in this booklet uh it just says all songs by Gody hook um, i believe
2: joel has said that he's written he wrote a majority of these
1: yeah so i'm assuming that that was my assumption is that joel wrote a majority of this uh it sounds like um losing a father
2: it does um and that's another thing that i feel like
1: there's a theme i feel like in this record there's yes. a, a father theme
2: right for sure um you know, one thing we've talked about with the band that we sort of have appreciated is they often share these little stories, these little vignettes, and their characters kind of going through something and there's not a lot of judgment around what they're experiencing usually and I've expressed my appreciation for that. There's not a ton of sort of, well, I mean, I don't know, maybe that's not fair, but it's not. it's not majority like first person obvious sort of my own experience songs in their catalog before this and this record really changes that it seems very personal Um, yeah. and I don't feel like I can't say this because again he shared it in that interview on urban achiever that his this was something I had no idea about when I was listening to this record as a kid that his he was he was an only child he was uh, his parents were divorced when he was young his mom was a conservative Christian and his dad was gay and had AIDS um, this was in you know the 80s um, and he had AIDS for a lot of Joel's life growing up and then um, died you know, shortly before this record was released. So naturally that sort of weighs over this album. It's very powerful thematically. It's really, really sad. I mean, he, yes, the lyrics um, make a lot more sense knowing that about, you know, him having AIDS that he said, I've lived my life knowing now, imagining you here, knowing what would take your life, recounting all my tears. So kind of like expecting this to happen is just like, boy, that's a lot to sort of uh, take. Um, And so it's, I feel kind of bad because it's like, that's powerful emotionally, but it's a lot. Um, but I do not like the song. <laughs> I just like it. Just immediately sort of signifies like, oh, this is different. Where it's just like turn, 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 turn. It just feels like dreary to me, and just like kind of a slog. It's not my favorite opener. Like I don't know. I I couldn't help but wish that like that that sort of progression would be exciting to me if it was like hardcore if it was like <laughs> yeah. i'd be like into it if it had an harder edge and it was a little faster but as it is you know this is kind of where those like value pack <laughs> final album comparisons come in for me that like it's not that his vocals are bad i've always said that i appreciate him as a vocalist it's just like he's doing this affectation thing sometimes on this record that I'm not into. It's like, you miss my rock voice. And I'm just like, Ugh. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I'm not super into this one. What do you think?
1: I, so here, my feeling is as far as an album opener, it's, it's a really, I mean, the, the album opener and closer are both very heavy. Yes. Um, I I do think for me, we're, we're in a situation around, this is like an instance of sequencing yes. for me, not, not so much like I, cause I like, I like the song. I, yes, it's not, it's not a fast, hardcore punk song. Uh, would maybe the song two years to never been a more upbeat, faster song to start the record. Maybe. Yeah. Start with two years to never. And then one step away. Uh, m- maybe, um, but like, I I also, I don't, I don't dislike the song. There's a, there's a heart towards the end, you know, where, where he says
0: one step away. Yeah.
1: And then, yeah. and then there's this sort of like wailing guitar going on in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, let's get to that here. One step <laughs> I just, I, think- I, I like, I like that, that sort of like climactic build. And then the soaring kind of reverby guitars going on in the background. I do too. Um,
2: I thought that was like a synth though. Cause it's like,
1: meow,
2: like it kind of falls off. Goodbye.
1: Maybe it's guitar. I don't know. I, I always assumed it was a, it was a guitar, but it, it, it it has this, the song has this slow build from the beginning where it's just chunky power chords to yeah. like one step away. Yeah. And right. then it kind of has this climactic heavy yeah. uh uh climax to the song. And yeah, um yes, is it is it anything off of sumo surprise or banana man? <laughs> Absolutely not, no. but like for me, I think knowing a little bit more about Joel and a little bit more about his emotional yes. state and his and his um his his predilection to being the emotional songwriter of Goldie Hook mm-hmm. versus Christian or Conrad writing right. the more Silly, goofy songs like this to me makes sense. This album sure. makes sense. And, and as somebody who is emo's fuck like me, <laughs> like yes. I, I get it and I can appreciate it. Is every moment on this record, a slam dunk for me? No. Yeah. Is it, are there moments where it's like this album is like it's pretty dramatic? and yeah. maybe a little too dramatic yes <laughs> sure. but um do i dislike this song no do i think it's the best choice for an album opener no
2: yeah uh i had the same thought next song maybe would have put me in a, a better relationship with this
1: record had Are you it talking started about with the this. the title track row that's the one my number two it's
2: my number three yeah i like this it's good. Lot. Song. it's good this song. really good
1: <laughs> so do you know okay so i'm not sure if you're familiar with this band um so there's this band called um one man army they're yes out of california they disbanded uh they were on billy joe armstrong's right, label right. okay um, so they're sort of like in that East Bay kind of uh scene. And they they released a few a few records. Um this has a one-man army vibe to it that mm. I'm super into a lot. And yeah. I don't know because they 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 released records between um so like their their three main records became came out between '98 and two thousand two. And so it's kind of got a similar vibe to this song. And hmm. uh, there's, a, I, I don't know which um, one man army song it is, but it has almost an exact similar style to it. And I'm, so that's when my, when I hear this song, I hear that, but it's the, the chorus, the, the, Whoa! yeah. yeah, It's great. Into it's great.
2: the chorus is really catchy i think once those harmonies and the whoa background vocals come in i'm like okay this got taken up to the next level yeah um and then the bridge uh is really fun and then it kind of ascends into my top three with the bridge can we hear some of that uh like 242
1: yep
0: Those, uh, and be those
2: background vocals on that bridge? The
1: background, the background vocals are great. That's just like,
2: oh, this, this just uh, became <laughs> one of my favorite songs on this record.
1: It's so good, yeah. Yeah, that rules. Uh,
2: yeah. Um, I do still, I'm still like a little thrown by there's like a ton of reverb on his vocals, which I'm like, okay, we're still in that sort of like rock band territory i don't know (laughs) but i i i really like this song um thematically i i I guess it's sort of about the song or about the band breaking up or like kind of deciding we're going to give this like a final run we know this is our chance like we've been through a lot that seems to kind of be the vibe like uh aware of what they've been through and kind of giving it one last shot sort of yeah Um,
1: I feel like if, if people weren't familiar with them breaking up, some people might think this could be a relationship song. Right,
2: yeah. But there are several sort of, is this about the band? Is this a relationship? Yeah, so. Um, all right.
1: Uh, Lullaby. Hey. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Are great. It's great.
2: So, this is just gonna be like a pretty slow and quiet song. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right? Yep. It's, I mean, it's lullaby, bro. Oh, oh shit. Wait a second. my number uh, one
2: okay it's my number two this song uh, song rules <laughs> the song
1: rules yeah uh this is there are some elements to this song where i'm like this is a juliana theory song oh yeah that's a good call i i was like <laughs> the, the beginning to this song it sounds like it could be juliana theory and yes. i'm so into it i'm yep. so into the piano and yes the like oh you're lulling us into a false sense of security by this being a chill song and then it's just going to kick your dick off with like rock
2: (laughs) yeah i there were two songs from this record that i clearly remembered uh this was one of them and my number one is the other one we'll get there but
1: and this is the most streamed song on the record
2: that makes sense i mean this 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 could have been a crossover song for sure i mean it's like there's it's so different from other stuff, but it's one where I really appreciate the difference um they're
1: doing something so new and interesting yes. for the for the band they're this is okay, so this is what I will say that they 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 took some swings on this record and and some of the swings that we talked about, like for value pack where it was like. They took yeah. some swings. Swing and a miss. <laughs> huge miss. Yeah. I think that they tried a lot of stuff on this record and not, not everything is, is a, a success for me, but I, I really appreciate what they did. I really, yeah. I think this song is an example where they, they went out on a limb and tried something that is very un. "Quote unquote," goatee hook. As right. as we come, as we've come to understand them in their previous records, and this is a success to me. This is yep. a departure, but it works. Totally,
2: no, I, I'm with you. I think that, I mean that that piano opening. It's such a great, so good pop opening. I mean, the Juliana Theory comp is perfect. But I was thinking, even like you two, or like some classic '80s pop song. Like it's it sounds very iconic. Um, like it a lot. And I think I had heard that uh, John Davis from super drag uh, played the piano parts on this record, or at least some of them. Yes. So John um,
1: Davis did, um, he did uh, the piano, Mellotron and organ. Okay, he cool. he ranged and performed it on this record.
2: That rules super drag. Uh, you know, you're talking about Knoxville in the year 2000. I'm pretty sure they're from Knoxville. They're a band that I've brought that has come up somehow on the pod before. And I've Mentioned liking them and you didn't remember them, but they did that great song. Who sucked out the feeling. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Anyway, super drag is great. Um, I love those those touches of of piano and keys, like you're saying throughout. Um,
1: And the end is just like...
2: end is great.
1: Another example of, you know, in a different way, like one step away was sort of starting off lulling you into the sense of like, this is just the power chords yeah and lullaby does something similar and by the end of it you're getting you know yeah. you're, you're getting your face rocked off
2: <laughs> totally yeah i, I mean that cat the the chorus throughout is super catchy that central riff kind of returns over and over yeah it's great i mean i i i wavered on this being my number one as well um i think i i think i feel good about what is my number one we'll get there um but uh yeah this rules That would be so fun to see live.
1: Oh, man. That's so good. This is so, this is this is album, I think, is an example of songs that you're like, oh, man, this song is pretty great. But I think some of these songs would connect live in a different way than maybe they're not connecting on record. Yeah. Uh, Because, because I feel because they're so big and anthemic in some ways that if they were produced or in a in a live show way they could be like oh my god this maybe Goaty hook is like transforming into more of a stadium band than than a small club band because these right. some of these songs feel like you just talked about you too like this right. this does have like can you imagine this song like bursting out like joel fucking going down like a runway or something (laughs) like just huge
2: lights just flashing with (laughs) every beat yeah
1: Yeah. Yeah. just like
2: i mean that's that's what this record is made (laughs) for the fucking edge
1: comes out and he's like (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah even that part is kind of edgy they're like um yeah it's great we both love the song i'm glad yes. Uh, yes. it's your number one uh thematically i guess sort of about um you know he's talking about sort of making sense of himself maybe in the wake of his dad's death like wanting to become a better man um i don't know it, he, heavy stuff once again
1: yeah i mean it, yeah there are uh it's it's heavy as hell the yeah. song is is um a melody of peace beckon dreams to follow soon but if there's no one left but him then the curtain has been drawn a wasted life deserves no song
2: yeah Oof. heavy stuff
1: it's heavy stuff yeah like joel is clearly in his feels he's dealing with some heavy stuff and i'm i'm here for it like i if you're in a band and you're a a, a vocalist and a musician and a writer, um, I I so as far as like the lyric the the bands that we've discussed mm-hmm. this season, I feel like John, Warren, and Joel are among the stronger lyricists that yeah. we've that we've discussed. I feel like yes, uh, that they both tackle some heavy stuff and, and, and there's some poetry within what they're doing. They're, they're trying to say something and, yeah. um, and th- which is why I feel like I respect this album in a different way than, even though I've talked about how much I love Sumo Surprise, I hold th- those, I hold This album and those and those other albums differently and it's and i and i appreciate them and i value them in different ways so it's it's a it's a tension it's a it's a tension that i that i i'm i acknowledge we'll just say that
2: sure no that makes sense um another song i like
1: all that i am
2: is probably just outside my top three i think this is probably my number four
1: this is yeah i have a different i have a different top four but so this is um this is something i haven't said yet uh but i had a hard time choosing a top four and not for reasons in (laughs) previous bands where i'm like right i had a hard time choosing a top three because uh I disliked most of the songs. I had a hard time choosing a top three because there were a number of songs on this record that I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I, I," because there were, there were a number of contenders where I feel like I could swap either three or four or um, in some moments I'm like, oh, this could be a number two or number three or it could be like out of the top three. It's, but there, I mean, for me, Lullaby was to me just such a, Top,
3: yeah, yeah, tier
1: contender that I I knew that was there and yeah um but yeah this is this is a great song I like I like I feel like this the this album is I don't know there's just there's a lot there's a lot to like on this and I was and I was hoping that you and I could have a good discussion that you wouldn't be like oh this album <laughs> you know blows but I'm glad that you I'm glad that four songs in that we. Like the four, like, even though one step away is not your favorite song, I feel like yeah, n- at least in these four songs, you're like, you're feeling pretty good about this album so far.
2: Yeah. I will say we're in a stretch of songs. That is certainly my favorite. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So th- these are kind of the, the highlights for me, but um, no, I think this is another one where it's like, they're, they're really trying some stuff. It's, it's another one that's really different, but really good. I like, I like that there are a bunch of different parts to it. Like it's, There's a bouncy verse, I like that bass line, and a bouncy first part of the chorus. And then it goes into a minor part for the end of the chorus. Um, And then the bridge is a a bunch of different things. They've got a minor chord thing going, and kind of speeds up. And then it's just toms. And then there's like a build-up section with the organ. Let's hear some of that. That's at like uh, 150. Sure. Yeah, was toms, baby
0: take this the wrong way but i can help to notice your giant trying yeah, way too hard i don't want you to go. that rules
1: yeah
2: that's great it's great that whole There's, build up section is just it's
1: great they they do they do some good build up and release moments on this record
2: for sure Uh, yeah even after that they kind of like they go back into the verse but it's dropped out and it's just the vocals and harmonies and then the organ comes back in it's just yeah they're they're doing a lot of really cool stuff the background vocals sound great on this song yeah um into it uh as far as like themes here seems to be sort of about uh change and accepting that not trying to be anything else maybe another thing that sort of comes with with aging, I don't know exactly. Yeah, but, uh... I,
1: this is. I think this is a the coming of age record. Yeah, kind of hitting that really first big uh, adult moment of their life where there's been some significant challenges, be it family or the band or identity things that are just like hitting really 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 hard yeah um it's when a banana
2: boy becomes a banana man
1: (laughs) yeah what is what is the uh is there like a uh the 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 bar mitzvah for the banana man you know like you Uh the banana boy becomes a banana man they have yeah he
2: turns from green to (laughs) yellow or something i don't know um
1: yeah and then you know he takes off his peel i don't know we're not we're not we made some joke about we're not doing this again again. oh my god um so i just i want to say like i don't i don't i don't know when the best time to discuss this is but like i don't know if you ever like kind of look up reviews for Mm -hmm. these albums but like i've like wanted to see what um Usually These, Jesus Freak Hideout. It says Jesus, something to say. Jesus Freak Hideout is the, the go to um, <laughs> uh, album of or the, the review site of choice for all Christian <laughs> pop punk records. So uh this this jabroni whoever <laughs> decided to I don't I don't know how they assign reviews to people at Jesus Freak Hideout, <laughs> but so this is how this was the, the review uh, of the time when it, when it was released. I've never liked Goaty Hook. <laughs> <laughs> Great lead. I, st- I still kind of don't. I never liked Joel Bell's voice. Still kind of don't. This is the first album of theirs I listened to from beginning to end. Their new album, Two Years Never, is a little bit different, though. Yeah, he still sings. But it's more rock than punk this time around what the fuck (laughs) yeah get out of get out of here like don't (laughs) give don't give the don't give the new goatee hook record to the guy who's like i don't like goatee hook or joel bell that is that is what are you what are you you expecting
2: i will say my memory of its reception overall was pretty mixed so
1: but like I, but I think we both are on the record saying that we like Joel's voice. Yes, I like, absolutely. I like Joel's voice and I, re- I, I
2: expect more out of Jesus freak hideout.
1: <laughs> the, the respected, I mean, they are, they are the pitchfork of, of Christian media. <laughs>
2: That's kind of true <laughs> at the time. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, don't get that guy in the pod. I wonder Definitely what he's not. up to now. Hey, uh, I don't care. Uh, want to hear this song. I do want to hear this song. Oh,
1: shit. Oof. What? What? Let's go. my number three (laughs) It's
2: my number one baby this
1: song this song rules
2: it rules that was most of the song
1: (laughs) that was most of the song But i mean it was like you had to get to the i know you think you're (laughs) honda that's that's pretty
0: cool
2: this was the one that well a couple things happened as a kid uh when i was listening to it where i was like oh they still have it in them there's a punk song on this album and i was very happy this is the one that i put on my like mixtapes and stuff um and number 2 by the time he gets to i know you think your honda hatchback's pretty cool i was like oh we got a goofy song like this is still pretty silly it's not yeah, like
1: but that spoiler son makes you look just like a <laughs> just fool. like a
2: fool like and then yeah.
1: shred Yeah,
2: I, you know it's not <laughs> as goofy <laughs> as they Oh, that baseline um it's not as goofy as they have been but it's like hey you know they they're having a bit of a laugh here um this is definitely the one that I remembered as being my favorite from the album. It still is. <laughs> like I said, is Lullaby like <laughs> a better constructed pop song? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but does this one make me want to get in the pit? Yeah, man. This, Absolutely. Is, my, this is my number one. Yeah, this, this still is my number one. This, um, yeah. So we we have the same top three, just in a different order. That's tr- Oh, shit, bro. That's that, true. That hasn't happened in, a, in, in quite a while. That has not um,
1: happened in a while.
2: So fascinating record for it to happen on. I do think these are the, this is the section that, that works the best for me. And there are other songs I like a lot, but um, this chunk is is kind of my favorite. Um, but yeah, man, I just, from that opening line on, I love the chorus <laughs> again. It's like you want it, come get it, my Chevy Nova. <laughs> like so silly, but so fun. Certainly the most punk they get on this album. Um, kind of like a little light break in the midst of all this like heavy thematic stuff. Uh, yeah. But and there's this- just
1: also something so like I know you talk about sort of this being a more rock centric album, mm-hmm. but there is nothing more quintessentially rock and roll than a song about a car
2: yeah it's very true
1: yeah i mean i think that there's you can probably point to just about any band that we have covered and there's probably a song about driving or being in a car right and it is just there's a every band i feel like needs to have their quintessential car song whether it's about driving or about a particular car yeah and this song just happens to want. I just want to get in the fucking pit and right. and throw some bows about over a Chevy Nova.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, no, it's it's very rock and roll. And then uh, yeah, as you said, that 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 shreddy guitar solo coming in there.
1: And then the undeniable the, just that. Also, there's a there's something about like that. You know, while the while the guitar is shredding. The bass just hitting that that same note, ring ding ding. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, it's great. Hell Oof, yeah.
2: Gosh, <laughs> it's I so good. want to see this.
0: So
2: into it. Please reunite. <laughs> um, yeah, song is great.
1: Yeah. Um, and now Mach Three, not about the mm. razors. Um, I'm assuming I don't think so oh wait If I were to classify like the most rock song yeah this this is a really rock song, yes, and this... it's it's not it's not the it's not like the song I probably would have chosen to throw on a comp
2: no, it's not it's not my favorite um it kind of bums me out it <laughs> just in terms of its like. I mean, you know, I have a soft spot for hair metal, but uh, yeah. I don't know if I like my goatee hook mixing with my hair metal too much. <laughs> and there are times when it dips into that in a way that doesn't feel like ironic. It feels just like, hey, now I'm doing this sound and we're doing it just like a little too much for well, me. I I think
1: it's I think it's the uh, smile that could break your heart. Uh, yeah, uh, it's just like, uh, uh, OK, yeah. is this
2: poison? I don't know. Um, <laughs> But I will say I really I'm gonna do this like ten times to so just get ready this episode. I really like the bridge where there's <laughs> a guitar part and vocals that I really like and I would like to hear some of that, if that's okay, at about two oh six.
1: I know exactly.
2: There we go. I feel like the song just went to a totally different place. I guess I'm more here for the sort of ascendant moment where it feels.
1: And less 80s shredding. Yes,
2: yes. That's kind of more my speed. So once they get there, I'm like, okay, I do like the song. It's just like overall not really my
1: preferred
2: mode. Um, thematically, the most faithy on the album. Uh, maybe the only sort of explicitly about God song. Um of a prayer you know he's talking about bless me father um coming from a dark place (laughs) once again uh there are these there are these moments of sort of big big picture big question songs but they're always coming from sort of a real place of, of darkness and and a low point so anyway
1: yeah i'm weak i'm not strong and it doesn't matter if i get my way right
2: yeah it's tough yep um i watched their final performance at cornerstone uh this week which you can find on youtube relatively easily and the sound comes from the soundboard like it sounds good um so i would recommend anybody watch that if you want to this is i'm pretty sure this is the song they open with and before i even heard that i was kind of thinking like would this song be a better opener now i'd like two years never a lot more and I could certainly make an argument for that. But if you're going for the rock mode, I guess I could see this as being one to sort of open with instead. But right. again, not really my favorite.
1: Also, no um, music video.
2: Right, yeah, no No video for the album at all. Um,
1: yeah, I think that's, um, is that, so was there any, there was, so there was a music video for songs we didn't write, the yeah. Most surprise.
2: Yep, and, that's it. There was yeah. one from uh, the early, uh, no date, days, uh, but uh, seems to be lost to the to the authors of time. It's
1: so wild to me that there's nothing for Banana Man. That just, that's just really weird. It's, it, it's peculiar to me. Um, I'll see if we have if we can get an answer about that at some point. Yes. Yes. Um. And now for maybe my least favorite song on the record yes
0: yeah, it's...
2: yeah.
1: this is almost like kiss adjacent
2: it's definitely kiss adjacent <laughs> you know just like talking fine. about like
1: we're like talking about like we're gonna you you just talk your shit but we're just gonna keep on rocking
2: <laughs> yeah it's very like rocking the crowd like i don't know just <laughs> and then they
1: have like the like the f- they the f- like fake crowd screen right yeah like we in there weird. and i'm just like uh, it's not really my thing. I'm not really. I think here if for... you
2: accept it as sort of an ironic hair metal song, you know, yeah, the crowd noise and the 80s guitar solo, and even kind of the silly lyrics of like, we're gonna rock this crowd, we'll show you, you know, like,
1: but and like the song is called Versus, aka Rock Song One, <laughs> right? Um, which is like, is like, are you saying like you versus like the haters or something? Uh, interesting.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think it is. Because it's kind of like this is also a band with a chip on its shoulder, sort of where it's like, Yeah, uh you you think you're so great, but guess what? We're gonna rock the doors off this place, baby. We
1: <laughs> like I yeah it, again to make another uh Juliana theory. Yes. Uh, another Juliana theory, they have like that Juliana Theory has their song to the tune of five thousand screaming yes. children, which is like just people being like shit talking them on the internet and they're like (laughs) we don't give a shit right right, like yeah you know which is very late 90s early 2000s early internet kind of stuff like yeah people getting on message boards and talking shit and then bands feeling like they need to respond to that yeah and like 20 some 20 years later people are like Oh, that's just kind of how things work now. People are going to right. come in the comments and talk shit about your songs. <laughs> yep.
2: So it's funny because it's like they were obviously being paired with like MXPX and, and stuff like that at this point for tours because that's what their previous discography would suggest. But yeah, by the time of this record, a tour with like Juliana Theory and Further Seems Forever, whatever, would be much more appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, the next one is called Expect, aka Weird One, and it is a weird one.
1: doesn't jump out to me at all no
2: it's another one that does nothing for me until the bridge which could we hear a little bit of that yeah uh like 125 guitar part's cool here yeah see that's fun I feel like there are all these songs. There's all these songs of those that are like slogs until the bridge when a little glimmer of yeah. melodic pop punk shines through. And you're like, oh, there you are. There you are, Peter. Uh, that's from Hook. Uh, but it's like, I'm like, that's pretty. Even that's s-
1: nice. Even still, it, it doesn't really do much for me. These uh these AKA songs don't really do much for me.
2: They're weird. They're they're very hair metal adjacent which adjacent which like maybe that's purposeful? I don't know. They're kind of buried in the middle here. They got some AKs. I don't totally yeah. know what's happening. <laughs> um but I do like the, there's a there's a guitar solo that comes later. that has got kind of a cool cool sound to it. Um I don't know. It's fine. I can't really figure out the lyrics either like some sort of difficult relationship dynamic is happening um but I like that they called it weird one because it's just <laughs> like I don't know the weird one you're like oh right the one that's like do, 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 do. I'm like is this like diva or something it's like <laughs> this very strange sort of tempo uh anyway
1: yeah um got a return of our girl April Lasseter, on this one next yeah, to me yeah Ooh. mm What's happening here.
2: Some ambiance, a piano, perhaps care of John Davis from Super Drag once again. Definitely. Ooh. Man.
1: I have a hot take on this song.
2: OK, we got a a while to go to get through this part. So I'm just going to say immediately, I'm like, oh, interesting. This is like, are we in for an opus here? And yes, we are, people. It's over six minutes long.
1: (laughs) Yes. I'll just say it right now. Yeah, go for it. This is Andrew W.K. Ah, yeah, I can see that. Listen to this. Imagine (laughs) Andrew W.K. Yeah. Doing, like, that piano part.
2: Ooh. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. We're headed somewhere. Maybe some toms will come in. That'd be nice.
1: Yeah, I I think they I mean they uh, any they they put they have two they have two album
2: closers on this album.
1: Yeah, they, they really do.
2: <laughs> this feels very in the mode of uh, means to an end, which is the actual album closer. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I think it's to your point about like trying stuff with lullaby, sort of getting to the next level in terms of pop songwriting. Like this is really ambitious. It's interesting. Um, it's a big building emotional song, which is why I figured yeah. you would like it. <laughs> yes. Um, it's like, there's a lot of different sections. Once again, there's a lot of cool textures. I love that line, which is like, cool guitar sound. There's like a tremolo kind of pedal yeah. that comes in later. It's just, it's cool, man. I'm into it all the way around.
1: And April's voice. Is yes. Just
2: love having her so back. So
1: great. Yes. It, it, it works so well.
2: Yeah, as we talked about in the first segment, uh, April Laster did vocals on the X cover on songs we didn't write. Um, she, as Markle Cass pointed out to us, she was in a band with Kevin 131, uh, Goody Hook producer, and she is back on this track and she sounds great. I love hearing her voice uh, doing those harmonies with Joel.
1: Into it, very into it. Um, and I have, um. A variety of feelings about this next song. Mm. Um, it's probably another. It's probably similar to some of your feelings about uh, the bridge. About in a lot uh, of songs. Hmm. So this is a Campbelltown.
2: Ooh. Drew was doing jaunty little arm gestures throughout that <laughs> it
1: just it feels there's a little cheese there's oh a little, there's a lot of cheese baby. there's a little cheese going on in this song and I uh I don't know but it it picks up near the end um but yeah I I like the, the I think once so I have <laughs> multiple feelings like I like the inclusion of the organ but once it once it starts at the beginning I'm like Oh, what's happening? It just it, it just sort of feels... It feels a little cornball to me.
2: Yeah, it, absolutely. That's what this <laughs> album is. Uh,
1: this whole I album's mean, not
2: cornball, bro. But it's this, so much more in that mode. Like an opening this, this, organ This song just like feels
1: dramatic. This song feels a little too cheesy, on-the-nose dramatic it's, to me. Well,
2: that's how I feel about a significant portion of this album. I will say... I think the organ is what makes it for me without it. I'm not sure it's doing anything for me. So like when that kicks in, yeah, it sounds like wild for a Goatee hook song to have that like very pop rocky, uh, sound come in, but like, it feels like, Oh, that feels interesting.
1: Yeah. It, it, it 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 almost feels like this is going to be like a goddamn br- br- blues traveler song
2: right it's very like,
1: like i feel like like we're about to have like a john popper like yes. he's going to like come in with like a harmonica or something like that
2: it's very much in that sort of i don't know counting crows yes. blues traveler sort of yeah. pop rock on the radio yeah. of the late 90s early 2000s sound um and it's not my particular favorite kind of sound but like It's interesting. Again, I'm trying to get on the wavelength of this album. And if it's an album where there's organ intros, like, okay, then I have to get down with what it's doing. And I think as a pop song, that's cool. Now I like what they do in that little intro there, but once it gets to the like non organy, just regular song part, I'm like, this isn't, this isn't doing too much for me. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's fine. Um, why, why you want to
1: give me, why you want to give me a runaround, John?
2: <laughs> That's a good song, though.
1: It's a surefire way to speed things up, bro. <laughs> <It's>
2: slowing down.
1: <laughs> um, I think this why is about you wanna give me a run. All right, um, uh, why you want to give me a Campbelltown, bro? <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: why you want to give me the Campbelltown? Town. Seems like some Oregon would really make this thing <laughs> pop on the radio. Uh, i don't know this is about friends who grew apart i believe and Hot
1: traveler season four <laughs>
2: that'd be kind of that was another um that cd wasn't in my like a uh, sixth grade pack of cds but my friends had it in there so it was like in the rotation at that time
1: <laughs> sorry um okay. anyway anyway it's all right bro oh shit getting back to things here for a second your words are biting. This is probably my number four wow it is not my <laughs> <laughs> i am really into this i'm really into this song okay my my review
2: it's all right <laughs> <laughs>
1: ooh, ooh. <laughs> go for um, that cheap that cheap hit bro
2: i don't know the where it's like your words blah blah i'm just like what what is this i don't know man i can't i can't and then it's yeah, it's just another kind of like hair medley song, which is fine. I don't know. Those vocals on those verses, I can't, I can't really. It's just that, that-
1: it's almost it 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 has like a like like a Billy Idol sort of like sure. Jason okay. kind of okay. thing going on. Yeah. Um it's, I don't know. Yeah. I'm 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 here for it. I'm here for the sort of like we're starting a little low and then we're gonna get up here i like
2: that intro riff a lot but then it just turns into kind of butt rock for me once again <laughs> i don't know
1: it's, it's not butt rock it's
2: not better i no. It's more i mean there's there's some wawa so there's no they're, no, they're, they're not fun. going
1: down to the creek like with value pack
2: <laughs> oh i forgot about the creek how could i forget
1: <laughs> <laughs> how could you forget no,
2: this is this is a different this it is more I think once I realized the sort of hair metal connection it made more sense and yeah like you're saying it's like stadium rock it's it's fine it's sort of an anthemic like you can't get me down song you know um I don't know I'm glad it works for you
1: <laughs> Yeah this isn't this isn't like a this isn't a, like a like a bad bad me situation <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oh man poor valley pack I don't mean to shit on them again but
1: I mean, I, I am a little, just a little bit bad, bad me. Oh, It's, it's so bad. It's bad, bad. Yeah,
2: this is just all right.
1: Boo. <laughs> all right. I, I would, I would, I think if you heard. who was back in you to tell me what to do? Well, I know what I got, what I feel. I said, it's all right. It's all right. It's If you, if you saw Joel mic in his hand like clenching it like leaning over the stage screaming (laughs) you would be like you would be you'd be so into that don't you fucking lie to my face right? taking
2: off my shirt you
1: would be (laughs) you would like rip your arms off them on stage and joel will be be like it's all right and you'd be like yeah yeah
2: no i don't have any doubt that he would sell it well it would be very fun that's just again not no, I didn't think this is what I was uh, signing up for with a, a final goody for Calvin. I guess is what I'm saying. But um, hey, this next song,
3: this He's last grand. song, really yeah. like
2: it. Ooh, Little Oregon, your fave. Bam, bam.
1: Let. i am very surprised, surprised. yes I'm very surprised if there was a song i would have assumed that you would have panned entirely without hesitation it would have been this song
2: now is it a long walk from middle ground to the sun <laughs> yeah yes it is um Again, I'm getting on the wavelength of these guys. I'm like, okay, this is what you're doing.
1: By track 12, you're on the wavelength, and yeah, you're, I'm and trying you're, to come with you. Your heart has been prepared to find the song. <laughs> That's right. I think if I
2: think of it as sort of like fun bar rock, you know what I mean? It's not a it's not a punk band anymore, but it's like if the Hold Steady did this, you know what I mean? I'd be into it. It's sort of like this organy bar rock we're having a good time we're sort of referencing some classic rock but Um,
1: but the previous song it's all right you're like meh whatever that's like joel is like it's all right it's all right you're like meh whatever and then you're like you know i i i uh i gave you too much and now i'm dying and you're like i'm here for this
2: (laughs) yeah i mean i I love uh, an emotional uh, closure ending i don't know i (laughs) it feels like the difference between sort of 80s hair rock and 80s sort of Bruce Springsteen rock. You know what I mean? Like it's just more my vibe of that rock world, which isn't a so sort could, of usual. You could way. hear
1: the you could hear the boss on this song is what you're saying.
2: Uh, I don't even know what the lyrics are. Hello uh,
1: again.
2: There you go. <laughs> Um, That's yeah, a terrible
1: but... boss.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's better than mine, but that you know, it's like yeah, it's a big closer. You can imagine some band with a million members, and they get you know, there's a female vocalist. Maybe they get the singer from a different band to join them on that. It's just like this big musical closer. There's organ. I don't know. I'm into it. It's sort of get like a, the ending a of SNL.
1: Get a sax solo on. Yeah, there why not? Sure. Throw it in
2: there. Um, speaking of the woman vocalist, you know who that is?
1: Yes, um, her name is Joy Rushing. Okay.
2: Do not know Jay Rushing's work, but she sounds good here.
1: She does sound good.
2: Um, I wonder why yeah. they.
1: Uh, I wonder why they went uh, a different vocalist. No, well,
2: she's a different uh, quality. I think a little more. I mean, I th- I still wealthy, feel like April could have. Oh could've, yeah, for sure
1: could have crushed it.
2: No, but no. this I think it works for this first
1: diversification.
2: Sure. Uh, this is the last one, so I'm gonna do one last. Can we hear the bridge? I really yeah. like the organ and this fun guitar part at 2:40. Uh, oh yeah. I think that rules. I really little breaks and the songs. Or this song. organ's great. It's great, man. There's moments to shine through.
1: Anyway. I like it. I think this is this is why I think I appreciate even even like I said, i top of the top of this section of the episode, I I was saying like, do I feel like every moment is a slam dunk do I feel like every choice they made was you know perfect no but I I really feel like they were trying something and let's talk about some of the early 2000s albums of bands that we've covered mm-hmm. this season uh wake up screaming by slick shoes or they're they're self-titled yeah. mm-hmm. uh not the strongest yeah. um you know, value pack, not the strongest. Um, you know, I feel like we've t- in a lot of the albums that we've talked about at the at the you know early two thousands that where they've tried to do like the rock sound, yeah, has been sort of like uh, kind of not our jam. But I feel like a lot of uh, you know for the most part, this album, the stuff that they've tried, I think, does better they've de- they've done better than a lot of the other con- their contemporaries who are trying to do the same thing,
2: yeah I suppose with um ace you know the madness of the crowds maybe is that, but I suppose it's never enough is closer to yeah, that no yeah and
1: yeah. and yes, while it's never enough like i i think those those two albums would be the most comparable to this season in terms of like trying newer sounds yeah. and even, even like, even John Warren admitted, like talking about like the mix too, right. wasn't what he would have wanted, and that that the drums were super lost on that record, and and yeah. But I, I do feel like the mix on this record is, for the most part, pretty strong, even despite yeah. Joel feeling maybe. Uh, it's not what he would have wanted or maybe what the band would have wanted. I still think it sounds better than Banana Man.
2: Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, hard to argue with. I, I, <laughs> it's it's a very interesting record. This is a very dark place to end as you were talking about. Yes. He, he's in a bad way. He's feeling empty and hopeless and um, that's I'm where dying. we close things and that's the last LP we get from Goaty Hook. There's one more EP which we will cover next week but it's an interesting official sort of closer and it's kind of a bummer to me i mean there are plenty of songs as we talked about that i like a lot um but just as this final note it does feel just kind of sad that it's like it ended in this very heavy emotional place um i kind of wish that there would have been a return to you no know, more of the gordy hook that we knew at a certain point after this but taken on its own i mean there's a lot to appreciate here i think i probably ended up liking this more than you thought i was going to right
1: absolutely <laughs> yeah
2: yeah i think there's a lot to like here
1: well i think there's also a lot to like about a free <laughs> jazz <laughs> odyssey bro Ooh,
2: I'm talking about that hidden track
1: <laughs> this sucks <laughs>
2: that's kind of cool
1: all right so (laughs) you want to listen to the freeform jazz odyssey you can do that on your, on your own, own time. time,
2: yeah, it's <laughs> it's not short. Um, no. I think that's a, an improvised uh, jam or warm up, but that's no what's happening. Shit? There. <laughs> I don't think a lot of thought went into the Freeform jazz odyssey. But I'll take it over three minutes of laughing or whatever we got <laughs> last week. Like,
1: I think it was. I think it was like a minute and a half. Yeah, I don't no, think it was it's still
0: too long.
2: It was, it
1: was st- <laughs> what was it called? uh it's so it's so weird like i don't know what's going on with uh my uh my spotify app lately but they're like excluding the hidden tracks on (laughs) on spotify maybe maybe uh, yeah you don't need this yeah they're like never mind fucking magnified (laughs) pod is covering this shit
2: (laughs) they're making some editorial choices (laughs) um that's fine um yeah yeah, that was two years to never. That two was years to never. That was that the, was the last, fourth and final tooth and nail record.
1: Yeah, the last full length that we would ever get from from our dudes from Virginia
2: uh, reunion. I'm hearing that's what the streets are saying. That's They're what the streets are saying. The streets chanting are saying. Reunion. Boy, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there has not been a band this season where I haven't said, boy, I wish I could see them live now. Um, but Goaty Hook, as I said, going into the season, one of my favorite bands growing up, certainly the one I knew the best from who we covered the season going in. And yeah. it really made me want to see them again, especially after now, like we're saying, I can appreciate some of these songs more. and would like to see more of them live. So um, hope it happens at some point. Maybe there will be some kind of special one off we can try to get to. I don't know. Anyway. Very curious to hear folks' thoughts about two years to never. So please let us know what you think at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook, Twiver, Twiver. Yeah, that's the one.
1: That's the new. Um, that's the new <laughs> social media platform that John yeah. and I are starting.
2: Yeah, yeah. You, um, you guys,
1: you you sellouts. You can go on Twitter. We're gonna be over here on Twiver. All right. Twitter.
2: I'm giving the truth to the people. Um, <laughs> gonna get. Uncanceled. I don't know. Um, subscribe. Yeah, we, we'll take
1: we'll take all the cancelled people over <laughs> yeah, on Twitter. That's
2: right. <laughs> oh, man, that sucks. Um, subscribe to the pod if you haven't yet already and give us a rating or a review. You can email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com.
1: You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763 872-7 magpod.
2: You can support us at the Patreon over at patreon.com slash magnifiedpod where today We'll be, uh, we'll be doing some water wars, Andrew. We'll be, oh, uh, shit, bro. We'll really? be tasting some Sanzo, which is uh, sparkling water with uh, Asian flavors Ooh. sent to us by Patreon punk, uh, Yvonne. Thank you so much for sending that. We're going to taste these three different flavors. We're going to let you know what we think. You can check that out on the Patreon. We also want to welcome Daniel Dorito Torpedo Moraine. <laughs> Uh, welcome, Daniel. This is Daniel from Kansas, uh, weighs in regularly, very glad to have you supporting us on the Patreon. I like <laughs> referring to you as Dorito Torpedo because that's what you signed up as your name, um, so I'm into that. Uh, yeah, check out the Patreon, join us, Discord, bonus content, good stuff. Uh, and you can pick up some merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. Thanks to Shadow Producer Jason at Unoriginal Vinyl, and thanks to Heavy Ordnance Studios for our artwork. Well, our time in the penalty box is over for this week. We'll be back out on the ice next week and we'll discuss Goty Hook's six songs. Ooh yeah. Let's get in that pit, bro. Let's go. your honda hatchbacks the hell out of my face
1: you got a spoiler bro <laughs> you think that spoiler is gonna do shit against my chevy nova bro
2: oh man how are you gonna skateboard around town if you can't grab onto a spoiler that's what i'm saying
1: <laughs> marty mcfly was able to uh, grab onto that jeep just fine bro that's
2: fair that's fair
1: that dude with his mountain dew hat he was <laughs> he could hold on just fine For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.